0: Hello film lovers, this is Sequels Suck, the podcast dedicated to all things sequels, prequels, remakes and everything that falls in that category. I am Angus Brown. This is another episode of the show that loves to talk about the movie that came next Right there next to me is Cable. How are you going, Cable? You had a good day?
1: I did have a good day, and I'm uh-huh. really pumped to talk about this movie. It is. We've got an amazing movie,
0: and if you are listening, then you have no idea, but if you're watching, you can see that somewhere on the screen you're checking out right now. We have a special guest this week, Regan Wood from Film Addicts Podcast has dropped by to chat with us. Regan, how are you, bro?
2: Good, pals. Um, Ma shucked today day <laughs> to both of you. Uh,
0: incredible, incredible way to give the audience, if they haven't actually looked at the description mm. of the episode they've clicked on, which I don't think a single human being in the world does anymore, but if you're uh, the one, then mm. guess what? The film we're talking about this week is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, one of the classic, I would say, classic sequels of certainly our generations. Mm. Um, also one of the films that I, I, and I'm interested to talk about this in today's episode, that is falls into that category of sequels where you can argue, it's not technically or really a sequel in the sense of like it picks up a story and continues or it like builds out on something that happened before it's kind of a little James Bondish in the idea it's like it could be the first second third fifth sixteenth one it doesn't really matter that much it's just kind of there especially in the trilogy of the Indiana Jones films certainly the first and the third one are like we're best friends but the second one is like me too. We're the ugly that's cousin. The one. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's the one we're going to dive in today because we are. Uh, and and then people understand
1: when you talk about chronologically, Temple of Doom was actually set before Raiders. So yeah, it's nineteen thirty-five.
2: It's like it's like which is another thing yeah.
0: that yeah. is a weird thing that we can talk about of this episode <laughs> because it is breaking a lot of rules of yeah. things that we now accept to be the rules of a sequel. But of course, back when this film was released, sequels weren't quite the uh, thing that they are now and a character popping up in another movie well it didn't have to be a big deal you know we had we had James Bond we had uh you know romancing the stone we had these things that were like yeah you can just like pick up on characters and who gives a shit and and this keep is going. the next adventure kind of thing yeah forever. like yeah. it's not we just want to tell more stories with this character we're not really that invested in expanding this IP in a very linear way but it is a wild film, but it is also a film that came out. I and I presume we all experienced at a relatively young age. Is this a film, Regan, that like that you caught on to when you were a kid? Is this something that came in later in life? How how did you come about Temple of Doom for the first time?
2: I it's like Jaws. I don't remember not having seen it. Like I don't remember my first instance of seeing it. But we had a VHS copy. <clears throat> taped off TV which is why I was talking to Cable the other night when I was re-watching it I know where the ad breaks were <laughs> yes because um, that's where you press pause and you wait and then you the come the true you know sign
0: of an 80s film lover oh yeah. absolutely
2: and mm. I had on the side of it it was Indiana Jones I wrote in full Indiana Jones and TT of Doom I don't know why I thought TT. I just needed TT for the temple and then not do that with the rest of the words but that's what I did and that tape was worn out like I watched this thing Every weekend for for years. And I it was the first Indiana Jones movie I saw. And it's still my favorite. I know it's a problematic mm. favorite, like I was saying mm. before we started. But uh, it just, it ticks a lot of boxes for me. I don't know.
0: It's, it is a, yeah, it's one of those films that like, you either specifically remember the exact time mm. someone's older brother showed it to you for the same time, first time or you're like, I have zero concept of when this film came into my life. It just, yeah. it, it just is. What about you capable? When did you get into? Well, I'm going to go
1: on a bit of a dark, unfortunately dark path with this one because I thought the movies, so it's totally fine. Yeah. So I know prior to 1990, I, and, and this is obviously the era of crusade came out in 89. These movies like Regan said were replayed on channel 10 yearly. And I remember seeing parts of the movie, but I had never watched the full thing. And I remember it was coming up. So me and dad and my sister were going to sit down and watch it. And we were watching it and probably halfway through uh, phone rings. And back in the day, you couldn't silence a phone, a phone rings. And unfortunately it was a bad situation on the other end where someone had passed away. So then me and my sister were rushed off um, uh, to a friend's house Um, And my dad had to attend that incident. So for me, um, and what, you know, obviously in that situation, I lost an uncle, So, and he was my favourite uncle. So I've never had a great feeling about the Temple Temple of Doom, unfortunately, for a long time. Like it's one of those ones I don't... Unfortunately, that's not the movie's fault. It's just when you have something like that happen, you'll always remember that. So
2: you attach an association to
1: it. Yeah, yeah. and and I guess that's with... I mean movies for all of us are subjective but I think sometimes depending on your mood like a movie could be good but you just don't enjoy it because of the mood you're in or what's happening in your life at the time and alternatively it could be, you might be needing something uplifting and you see it and it's you probably put a movie on a pedestal that might not might not need to be on a pedestal so yeah, um, yeah unfortunately I didn't want to have to go down that path but that's unfortunately what happens so I think for a long time, this is also unfairly or, you know, the Indiana Jones movie, I've definitely watched the least out of the original trilogy.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Because I feel, I don't know why, but I, I feel like for a lot of people that I speak to about the Indiana Jones movies, this is the one that kind of by choice or by accident is like the most re-watched, rewatched of the three. Like it's the one that people are like, oh yeah, I've seen Temple of Doom like a hundred times. I've seen Raiders 20 times. And I've seen Last Crusade like 50 times. But Temple of Doom, the, something that like I have a vivid memory of. And I don't know if you guys have this as well. And it is part of the reason that I've seen Temple of Doom so much is I, I don't remember the first time I saw it. I just know I saw it. I knew I liked it. I knew I liked Indiana Jones. I have that in my head. And then when I was about... I'm going to guess like seven years old, McDonald's yes. campaign that mm-hmm. you could go and order a meal. I don't know the exact meal, but for an extra $5.99, mm-hmm. you could buy a VHS copy yes. of first Raiders of the Lost Ark and then like a week or two weeks or a month, however long later, yeah. then it was Temple of Doom and then a month later it was uh, The Last Crusade. And mm-hmm. I got really excited about that and I got Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I got Temple of Doom. And then for whatever reason, the cosmos prevented me. I didn't get The Last Crusade. And Mm -hmm. I watched them both. And I'd seen them both. And I watched the first one. And this is the weirdest sense memory I have. You know, when you're a kid, something locks in and you can't undo it. So I was staying in an aunt's house. And this aunt had no kids. And that's important. Because when you have kids, you understand, like, kids want to eat food a certain way. And they can't articulate it. It's Mm -hmm. your job as an adult to figure that shit out. And what I had figured out that I liked was tomato soup with a little bit of grated cheese on top, right? But it was a very specific like canned tomato soup that I liked. So I was staying with this aunt for the night. She had no kids. She was like, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I want tomato soup with with grated cheese. And she was like, all right. So she made me from scratch tomato (laughs) soup. And then she grated about a half a block of cheddar cheese into the fucking thing. And I had two mouths and I was, I was like, no, thank you. I don't want to eat that. And she was like, like she was furious. She'd spent yeah, half she, a day making yeah, this. She was yeah. rageful. But part of the arrangement of me staying was like, you get to pick whatever you want to watch. And I had just gotten my VHS of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so we were watching Raiders of the Lost Ark as I was eating this tomato soup that didn't taste right. That was making me feel sick. And I don't know why, but at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, spoilers, when they open the Ark and it melts all the Nazis and it cuts to that guy's <laughs> face and his face melts. You know how it's like his skin melts off and then... You the was, all, yeah. very You're going to say you vomited? No, I'm going to say that when his skin melted and it's the red with the milky yeah. white and all that, looked exactly the same as the tomato <laughs> soup I was eating. And to this day, I cannot watch that scene without my stomach doing like a little flip and being like, oh, bad tomato soup. And I feel physically nauseous because of that sense of memory. So as a result of having that sense memory and never getting Last Crusade, I only watched Temple of Doom for like 15 years. I was like, that was the only Indiana Jones according to me. Yeah. So in my mind, it is by far and away the superior film and not for any like tangible reason, and I didn't even realize till I was in my thirties that people were like Temple of Doom is like shit, man. Raiders and Crusader great. but Temple of Doom, is-. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I've realized it's tomato soup and McDonald's that have led me to believe mm. that Temple of Doom is the one. Did you guys those get two
2: things- those two things have fucked up a lot of people? You know, tomato soup and, and McDonald's. That's mm. it's been a problem. Yeah. Something I was mean, wrong. Did you guys
0: have that, the BHS I think is- they did the
1: same thing with Back to the Future.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, I never, geez. I never got those, but I, I def- do really remember having those VHS tapes. I definitely
1: remember, yeah, the Indiana Jones. I'm gonna even have a stab. That was 1994. Oh, that's a good because I feel like I was living in Queensland when that happened. But anyway, I'm afraid that's... it
0: was 1991. 1991, really? The McDonald's did their wow. promo. Yeah, yeah. I just looked so it, it would have
2: on... been just after Crusade came out then.
0: Yeah, that seems really close. That's really close mind. though. Yeah, according anyway. uh, according to Reddit, anyway. Oh, yeah. uh, in, oh uh, in the, the ultimate
2: source of information on the internet. Um, Never heard a lie on Reddit. I have the same thing with um, uh, the film uh, Return to Oz and the Oof. the Wheelers scene and mm. onion rings.
0: Oh, wow! And I well, fucking
2: love me some onion rings now. But back then, it, I, I didn't eat onion rings for, oh, 20 years because it was just that scene and an onion ring and trauma. Like, that's, that was <laughs> that was what happened, you know?
0: Listeners can go back to our Return to the Oz episode to realise that onion rings aren't the only thing that fuck kids up with that movie. That, that movie is That back. movie. Yeah.
3: Whoop.
0: Oh, my. Yeah. It, if you want to hear three adults just express trauma in real time, go listen to our Return to Oz episode. It's a good it episode. Fuck, you should listen it, to No kid comes out unscathed from that yeah. one. Uh, so, so, uh, so I don't have any specific like blah, to Temple of Doom, but it sounds like all of us are like when we talk about the movies from this era, we're like, oh god, oh no, and we start shaking each other, <laughs> trauma. But that being said, what do we actually think about Temple of Doom in the in the trilogy? And anyone who's listening right now, will be like, mm, actually, there's four movies. You can eat a dick and get in the ocean. There's three movies and then a mistake. So, in, that in the order? trilogy, yeah, eat a dick and then get in the ocean. In the trilogy of Indiana Jones films, how do we feel, Regan? Like, where, where does this sit for you in the trilogy of, of Indiana Jones?
2: It's the same situation I have with, with a lot of trilogies. Maybe I'm contrarian, I don't know, but like Back to the Future 2 is my favorite.
0: Mm. Uh, uh,
2: Dark Knight Beautiful Rises thing. is my favorite. Um, Undisputable. Yeah, like. Uh, I'm just looking because I've actually got it on in the background Temple of Doom is my favourite and it's not because Mm. I've seen it the most I just love movies again uh, the original Batman you know quadrilogy Returns Mm. is the best I love movies that take big swings you know this was a really culturally insensitive Mm -hmm. you know big swing like compared to the first one it starts with this cold open which is basically not only Spielberg making um, you know uh, uh, East Side Story like doing Mm. his buzzley berkeley number um, <laughs> but also doing a bond, nice bond. yeah doing a bond yeah. cold open and mm. then you know and then also the 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 inciting incident of this film that's that kicks off your second act in the script is the kidnapping and enslavement of children like it's mm. it is it's some big stuff going on a, a homie gets his chest opened up and a heart ripped out and flames and a mole of rum and shalimar sucked day or whatever the hell it is Mm. it's just it's just firing in a lot of places Mm. and 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 you know there is some grotesquity and all that kind of stuff and and yeah as i said there is some insensitive stuff and look everybody knows we don't need to talk about it everybody knows if you've seen this film it doesn't hold up you know in terms of you know with with a 2023 lens so that enough said about that but um you know the idea of uh indie with this young boy this beautiful and they're not father and son it's best friends you know and it's not weird it's not batman and robin it's just these two lonely people lonely souls who found each other and that and they're both so good together and and one of them has a fucking oscar now which is hysterical
0: Mm. i mean yeah pretty pretty wild that we're chatting about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in 2023. Mm. And between Harrison Ford and the little kid from Temple of Doom, the little kid from Temple of Doom has the academy. Of- Out of the
2: place. two of them, I mean, yeah. Harrison must be like, mm. motherfucker, like, where's, where's, I mine? don't know. I feel
0: like, I feel like Harrison's got the money and he's just fine with that. He's got like, the money. He doesn't have he... to do the press tours and the, the begging. <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to keep on being Harrison Ford. You go do the year-and-a-half-long campaign to get your shiny little statue and hope it leads to roles. I'm Harrison fucking Ford.
2: Yeah, exactly. He seems to be having a good time. With He's me. having a great... But I definitely... Life. It is it, it is my favorite. Um, I just love the, st- the stanzas of it, like the, the different action beats. Mm. It's a perfect three-act structure. Um, and, and it just... And I love Raiders. It's it's one of my favorite. It's always... I go and see it at the Astro if it's playing. You know, mm. it's, it's spectacular. I've got a poster of it right there. But Doom just... There's something else going on there that that's good for me,
1: you know?
0: What are you cable? Is it is it in there for you? Is it number one? Is it is it a contention? Was, or it's, you like, eh?
1: No, it's not number one. It's probably yeah. Well, if I rank the three movies, it's the third one. But it's not even it's not that far into three. It's just almost like splitting hairs. Crusade's my favorite. So oh, yeah. um but I have to agree, when I watched it the other night. I was like really impressed. Like I, I have seen it a few times in the last couple of years, but even putting it on, like Regan said, it's like really perfectly. You know that all the beats, it all works, and even it's just the little set pieces and the gimmicks that I, I love probably, and I think it's more memorable than Raiders and Crusade. Uh, I feel like even at school in the playground when you start all the kids start seeing all these movies and you start talking about it, or if it was on Saturday night on channel 10, that the next Monday, I feel like a lot more people will talk about the stuff in temple over the other two movies, if that makes well, sense. Like I feel a like, lot, if- like the booby traps and, and then being stuck under the, you know, in the, when they're collapsing, um you know, with the spikes and all that. And yeah. Willie has to sort of save them and, you know, just everything about it and the heart being ripped out. I just feel like, there's so many more like almost like water cooler moments to talk about compared to the other two movies. I could be totally wrong there too. No, I I think you're right. I think like Temple,
0: if people think about, if you think about Indiana Jones without thinking about a specific movie, Mm. I think for 99 percent of people, the first thought that comes to mind is either the heart being ripped out of the chest or the guy with the katana and then he just fucking shoots him and walks off. Um, but I think, like, if you break down the movies, like, if you mm. think about Crusades, you probably think about, like, oh, I found out he was named after the dog. And also there's a Knights Templar guy in there for some reason. Like, mm-hmm. those are the things that kind of pop up. If you think about Templar Doom, you think, like, booby traps and fucking hearts on fire. And you think about this crazy opening number with the hottest chick you've ever seen in your life at the time. Oh, if you think, if, sure,
3: like,
2: If it. you think
0: about the first one, you're like, you think it. about the fact that Indiana Jones could literally not show up. And that movie's exactly the same movie. So <laughs> it's not... Yeah. It's not. It's not like it's a moment where it has more. I think uh, specifically iconic things. I think it's just like when you think of the movies, <laughs> the things that really make Indiana Jones Indiana Jones came to life in their fullest form in, in Temple of Doom.
1: I, I think like even like that. The scene, the dining scene, and we sort of talked off air about how it not being maybe really accurate and probably highly offensive, but not even in the least bit accurate. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like the, the the chilled monkey brains and that that the, yeah. the the snakes, the coming it? out of the biggest snake, and the the bug, the beetles or the bugs, that like kids talk like, oh, oh my god, the you know, and that's I do feel like there's so many, at least for kids. Back in the 80s and early 90s, there was so much more talk about Temple of Doom than the other two movies, probably yeah. even put together almost.
0: Yeah, and it, weirdly, for a film that is largely centred around child, child slavery, mm. it is the most engaging for kids. And maybe mm. it's because of short round and also maybe it's because they're like, hey, let's just do a bunch of like crazy set pieces that don't require not – like, for example, the opening. Like, I always loved the opening when I was a kid. I was like mm. singing, dancing, big shootout – jumps in a plane, falls asleep, plane crashes, have to fly the plane in a fucking inflatable. But I never as a kid like clocked one of the greatest jokes in any of the films where he like, better like next time he gets in and closes the door and he's on the guy's plane.
1: Yeah. And, like you yeah. only know if Bow you read.
0: Yeah. You're like, oh, that is a perfect joke. But as hmm. a child, you don't know that. You don't know anything yeah. about it. You're like, he's about to fall asleep and then wake up and have to fly a, an inflatable boat out of a plane. So there's and so much the going on that you can just love.
2: You get the beautiful um Harrison, because I, I think Indiana Jones is in, in the same uh, uh, heroic sphere as John McClane is in those first three pictures. Like he's completely outmatched. He's not really very good at you know looking after himself. He's not um, that smart. <laughs> yeah, and and Indy's also got this thing where, and you see it more in 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 Crusade and Raiders. He's kind of just a book nerd. Like he likes mm. that sort of all this adventure shit is just have happenstance, you know. Accidental. Like mm. and, and there's the part where he's in the plane, there's no one there, and he sits down and looks and, and, and Willie goes, You how to play a plane <laughs> dodge, and he goes, No, do you? Like just it's so <laughs> yeah. sweet and silly and he's so um out of his out of his realm of, of dealing mm. with things he's normally at a school, you know, dealing with annoying students who are all in love with him. But here he's dealing with, you know, devil cults and shit and fighting huge big burly dudes and, you know, squashing them in big wheels. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's the charm of this. You see more of that in this. He's not as well put together. He's just kind of making it up as he goes.
0: And it's funny because I think, like, the closest we've ever gotten to replicating that kind of hero in a film since is probably like Rick O'Connell in the Mummy movies. But if you like, if you side by side them, he's almost the antithesis of Indiana Jones because Rick O'Connell, he's not a book nerd guy, but he can handle any situation and he's good in it. Yeah. Like when mummies come to life and he has to deal with it, he's like, here we go again. Like, all right, I guess I got to fight some fucking mummies and he's not phased. Whereas Indiana Jones is scared of snakes. Yeah. let alone mm. cults and Nazis and fucking immortality. <laughs> and like Nazis again,
2: then, yeah. Way above
0: mm. his fucking pay grade.
2: Yeah. but
0: mm. yeah. Whereas Rick O'Connor's like, all right, let me get my gun and go to work. Indiana Jones is like, whoa, I just want to run away. And we But yeah. get that over time because we associate him with being the, the swashbuckling hero. And he's just not. Mm. He's like the mm. accidental hero. And we've lost that to time a bit. And I think that's probably part of what was lacking in the 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 mistake movie that we don't talk about where they forgot like he's not meant to be the guy. He's meant yeah. to be the guy who's like, you gotta be the guy today. He's like, I don't want to be the guy. It's like you're yeah. the guy. Um and it is it's really interesting to think about like at at time of recording. None of us have any idea what the fifth and alleged final installation of the Indiana Jones movies is going to be. Um we don't know what Indiana Jones looks like in a 2023 film. We don't know what kind of Version, him we're getting, but presumably we are going to get a, a very, very different Indiana Jones who's probably going to be a bit closer to a James Bond or a, an Ethan Hunt or a Rick O'Connell who's like, you know, I, I guess I've got to go save the world. And he goes in and he's somehow perfect at it as opposed Even to the 80s. 108. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to the the Indiana Jones that we grew up with, who was like, "I just yeah. want to do some research for science. Yeah. I don't want to fight aliens and save the world. that's not my bag." He belongs man.
2: in a museum. That's his whole thing. It's, that's, that's it. Preserving that's it. history. You know, he doesn't want to fight. Yeah, aliens or whomever it is dialing the destiny. I, I will say though, having seen that that trailer a few times, because I, I I'm not precious about. Movies at all, like I'm, I'm, I'm fine for them to try whatever. But there's something about Indiana Jones. He's my favorite movie mm. hero. This is my favorite trilogy. Um, you know, I go back to it almost a couple of times a year. I just think mm. they're perfect films, and and I'm a little precious about it. And when when the fourth one came out, I was like, this is. This is not what I was looking for, and I didn't mm. take it personally. But I was just like, "That's that's not the one." I mean, to get up and hate every morning sounds exhausting, so I don't do that. No, but this new one, <laughs> I was like, "What are we doing?" Like, come on, he is he is really old. Like, recast, just do it, Do it like Bond. Make do another thing, do another adventure. And then I mm. watched the trailer, and that fucking John Williams score has mm. been—he's—he's he's redone it so that it sounds—it sounds, it sounds oh, like the last that. time. No, yes. it just sounds yeah. lamenting, you know, and it Which sounds what- like. Drop yeah, the hero does so theme has well. turned into a goodbye theme and I'm like, oh, John, you fucking got me, mate. Like, it's just, I'm ready, you know, whatever Yeah, there's is.
0: There is something similar that happened in, uh, and 90% people who listen who don't care, but I don't care because I care, but there's something really similar that happens in Marco Beltrami's score at the end of screen three. And there's sure. a track at the end of Scream 3, which is called Sid Wears a Dress, where it's when she's back at their house and Kincaid's. And everyone's there and they're watching a movie and it's like they've they've been. And at the time, of course, everyone's like, yeah, this is a trilogy. This is a concluding chapter trilogy. And the score is like every note you've heard from every Scream movie so far, but done in a way that's like, this is goodbye. And you <clears throat> listen to it and you're like, I want to cry. Like it's up there with the, the final sting that John Williams does in Jurassic Park when in the helicopter looking at the birds... It's like, oh, this is the end of something big. You mm. did it. And John Williams is the master of that. And I watched the the trailer you're talking about and I had the same feeling was like, oh shit. Like they've if it's just the score, it's a bit disappointing, but it's also okay because at least someone involved in this movie has clicked into something really powerful. But the what rest it is. of the movie mm. yeah, is on board. And Harrison Ford, like his whole press around this is this is it. Number five is the end. There will never be Enough, not not. Will, I will never do another Indiana Jones movie. There will never be another Indiana Jones movie. And of you course, reckon? that's what the press. Well, that's what he's saying. And of course, the press junket wants that because the studio is like, we got to find a hook. Like, if we're going to put an old man as the star of an action movie, how do we get butts <laughs> and seats? It's like, well, we tap into the fact that everyone who knows this character is going to want to come and see this because, like, oh, this is the end mm. of this story that's been going since nineteen eighty. Is that when Raiders came out? Raiders were uh, 81. 81. Yeah. yeah, like, since 1981, the people who have paid attention to this character have lived with it. And like you said, Reagan, like, you watch this trilogy yearly. And oh, yeah. most people who like Indiana Jones do the same. Like, I, I don't know about you, Cable, but I certainly, at least one of them, usually Temple, but at least one of them I will watch Yeah, minimum once a year. Oh, 100 percent. Usually hope. twice. Like I'll try to get through a trilogy once a year. If not that, I'll at least get through a few. I was okay. going to make
1: a kingdom
2: joke, but I won't. Um, Hang <laughs> on a second, just before you continue. Excuse yeah. me. A bunch of giant Blu-rays behind you. Is that is that the spine of Indiana Jones and the Temple King. of the Crystal Skull? King of the Crystal yeah. You turncoat yeah, yeah. motherfucker! Oh, that's ah. that is that is a flex. I'm sure of it. You did that on purpose. No, no. You'll no, notice, yeah. you'll notice very it's old sitting. You
0: notice it's sitting next to the spine of Lies. Hot Dub Time Machine Two, and Piranha Three Double D. Not in the greatest of company. Yeah, it's, I think he it's, knows where he put it on his shelf. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's next. to Casino Royale. That was probably intentional. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what are you
0: talking about? How dare you? Are you saying Casino Royale isn't a fantastic film?
1: No, I'm just saying the the whole Indiana Jones thing was born out of Spielberg wanting to do a. Oh, that's, film. Sure, that's sure. sure. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I just I thought you were like you know like.
0: I, I didn't pick that. No, that is the backdrop he has no, no, every no. episode.
1: No, 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 definitely not. I was going to wear my uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull um, shirt, but I couldn't find where I packed it. So,
0: that- As an aside, has anyone here watched that film more than once? I saw it in the cinema, and I've never watched it again since it came out. Have you guys yeah, seen
1: it? Yeah, I've probably seen it three, I'm going to say maybe even four times. And
0: You know you're going to die one day, and that's like there's only a certain amount of hours you have to live, mm. <laughs> and you've spent... yes. You spent like what is that I, I, This is how I, I this watching. is how I
1: this is how I justify it. And this is probably why this podcast kind of exists to a point, because I feel like you, I I'm analytical enough that I, I look at a movie and go, okay, they misfired with this, or they had great intentions, or they had some good plot ideas, and they totally misfired, whether it's too much CGI or bad characters or offensive material or whatever it is. That disc that you can see in the background, I did get that. I was like, oh. I don't really love the movie. But at the time, I i don't even think the original trilogy had come out on Blu-ray at the time. So this had come straight out and it had, I reckon that's a 3D special and heaps of special features. So it was more I wanted it for the special features to watch the documentaries and see what they fucked up. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And they, with great pride in one of them, they were talking about, oh, well, we've done snakes, then we did rats, and we've done this. Let's do well- ants. Um, oh, we did bugs, but we've got to do we've got to do something different for this fourth one. Oh, we'll do ants. CGI Wait, nothing, killer nothing ants. Nothing
0: scarier than um, an ant.
1: Yeah. So it was more. Oh, fun. No, have you point. seen
2: that third Ant Man picture? Fuck
1: me.
0: No, I haven't. Yeah, but um...
1: you're alright. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so that's why I own that, and I think it. The sad thing, or the funny thing, is that since they've re-released. Um, Indiana Jones box sets in the last couple of years, they've obviously had all four films. So you kind of have to have the four film regardless. And then I know, you know, reading things online, like whether it's Reddit or just any sort of, uh, you know, website like digital bits or something that does all the Blu-ray reviews. Like one of the things is that people want to either buy them individually so they don't have to have Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or just want the, tr- the trilogy to be the box set. And Yeah. yeah. I, I bought I, a box I set that. this
0: year. Like the start of this year, I bought a box set of mm. uh, Back to the Future and Indiana Jones. Yep. And the box set that I bought in 2023 of Indiana Jones is just the first three movies. Oh, Where did you go.
2: get it? The moon? Like,
0: <laughs> like, no, I got. I think I got it through JB Hi Fi. Like, no explanation. Oh. No, like, this is an old thing we're trying to clear out. It's like, oh, it's wow. Got a lot of special features. It's, it's just like, here's the Indiana Jones trilogy. No comment.
2: Blu mm. ray or? or Blu ray. Blu ray. Because I've okay. I've I've owned this trilogy on every format except yeah. Laserdisc, so I got the I got the four way box set and you know what uh, it's okay that it's in there because you know you can't you can't have the rainbow without the rain you know what I'm saying like sometimes things good and bad arise mutually that's that, that's Taoism mm. like let's let's you know mm. it's totally fine it can be there it's been watched once, mm. um me and my fiance did the trilogy during lockdown in um 2020.
0: And then you um, decided she, things weren't bad enough. What well, was sorry? And then you decided things weren't bad enough. And then, and then we, yeah, <laughs> and
2: then we drank ourselves to death. No, um, and she'd never seen them all. Like we, I think she'd seen maybe one or two of them, and or maybe she'd seen just raiders or something. And, and you still agreed to marry her. That's brave. And she's, yeah, well, I mean. It was on the ropes for a few days. Now, <laughs> honestly,
3: she,
2: she on a road like, bridge. What's the big deal with this one? And I was like, people don't like it because it really deviates. It was, you know, it, it, tonally, it tried to match things and it didn't, didn't really work. And you know, a lot relied really heavily on CG where the originals were very, very practical and blah blah blah. And at the end, she was like, that wasn't that bad. And she's not wrong. It's not that bad. It's just because it's not. we have previous, we have yeah, previous yeah. That, that that makes it mean more. You know.
0: Yeah, it's mm. absolutely not like if you would just watch it as a movie that exists and be like, what does this mean as a movie you watch it it's like, it's not great, but it's not that bad. Mm. It's that it exists as an Indiana Jones movie that we had to wait so long for that it, it mm. has unfair weight placed upon it. <laughs> And, you know, everyone is going to react differently. But it it is one of those rare... I'm noticing something now because, like, in the last... And you guys have probably experienced this in the last, like, 10 years or so as the internet has come into what it is. Mm. And, you know, we have podcasts where people, like, analyze films and we have YouTube videos and we have reissues of things. A lot of films that were just absolutely shit on to death upon release or were released and kind of ignored and then the internet was like, you know what, actually, I fucking hate this. Like, we've talked about this before on the pod about Phantom Menace. Like, when Phantom Menace came out a lot of people enjoyed Phantom Menace. I'm like, this is fun. Like I watched, it, I was like, this is a great movie. And then a few years later, people were like, Phantom Menace fucking sucks. And I was like, what's happening? And then it became this thing. And now it's been reclaimed a bit. And people are like, we well, you know actually Phantom Menace is not the worst thing that you think. Like, yeah, the next fucking movie is pretty rough, but Phantom Menace, it's actually pretty good. And if you think about it, like it's there for kids and it's been it's reclaimed. And that's, yeah, it's happened a lot with films. And I've, I've noticed a lot of movies getting reclaimed like that as the internet is mm-hmm. like whatever we internet 3.0 4.0 wherever we are and i've just never heard anyone try and reclaim or like stand up for kingdom of the Crystal. <laughs> so i've never come across well, like we can, we can talk about that. reevaluate this i was
1: gonna say we can do that that's another podcast down the track we can, <laughs> like it's just never
0: happened. yeah but, it's something we were talking, but i do find it funny that of all the like the films in the the universe that have slowly been like I'm sure you've got looking at behind you mm. cable I'm sure you could find people who would stand for super uh, for Starship Troopers two who would be like this movie's fucking rocks all right it's great I love it or you could find people who would go Predator hard two. for Predator two or Predator go two hard rules. for like Die Hard four like mm. I'm sure there are stands that they'd be like Die Hard four fucking rocks and everyone's wrong. I've never, I've never come across anyone who's like, you know what, actually, the fourth Indiana Jones movie is really underrated and it needs to be respect. Like, no, everyone's like, we're just going to- Yeah, because
2: then they, they all of a sudden, like, get disappeared like Jimmy Hoffa. Like, no one will stand <laughs> for that shit, man.
0: <laughs> Even Spielberg. I feel like Spielberg is like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's three Indiana Jones movies and yeah. then the new one. I don't- I, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? The, Shia what, the what of the said crystal? What?
2: Shit about it. And it was like, get, yeah, good luck not getting cast by him again. Shit. Well, you
0: know what's interesting is like, when I watched it, I'm like, I don't even, I, I don't mind Shia Buffin in that movie. Like, he's fine. Hmm. Mutt, is that his name? Mutt. Yeah. Mutt's fine. He's, he does what he's supposed to do in that movie. Is like, yeah, fine. Whatever. He's a good actor, too. Yeah. He's a great actor. He, he's, he's like, he's fucked himself up he's a good actor but in that movie i'm like yeah charlotte was fine he's not the problem with this movie no the no. friggin Big everything hit. else is the problem with this movie anyway but we're talking we about, Doom. To- it's about temple, of Doom. temple yeah we're a
2: bit distracted sorry
0: but i feel like you kind of want one without that the other these days mm. and i think that talking about what we got when we got crystal skull reminds mm. us that despite and this is something you touched on a little bit reagan and we won't go into it but i think we should just like acknowledge the podcast we're all aware that a film made in 1984 about different cultures that's being watched again in 2023 is going to have some pretty glaring omissions about mm-hmm. what is culturally sensitive and appropriate and okay. And if this movie was made today as it is, it would never see the light of day. No. And no. we all understand, accept that. And I'm not, I'm certainly personally not making any apologies for the things that this movie has gotten very wrong. But what I do acknowledge is, like in 1984, this movie came out, and I was a child. Well, I was born in '84, and when I saw it. I was a child and fucking rocked mm. and, I, and i still oh, think man. that the the elements that are truly great about it are great mm. they're really really great there's just like some real tone deaf stuff that happens in between so we can acknowledge that and not have to dwell on it and and listeners can understand we know yeah we Every, know
2: everybody knows and it's and they, they, they kind of they, a... they had an idea of it then like the, the they didn't shoot this in india um, of course not <laughs> you know, they, they they it was they had to submit the script to the indian government and they were like i beg nope. your fucking pardon like what that's none of what no we don't do any of this stuff and spielberg was like oh, i want to do grotesque things and whatever and they mm. had to shoot it in a Sri Lanka, i think yes um yeah so and the Sri
0: Lankas are like you said what about that yeah great come film yeah, it here please
2: yeah sorry what's <laughs> that how much money come on down like yeah you know come on it, let's it, do yeah. it yeah. so it, it's 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 an artifact, you know. Yeah. That's the mm. thing. M- movies don't change. They're stuck in time. We change. You know, over time, you might look at something and go, oh, that sucks, I- but you loved it as a kid or whatever. It's not the movie mm. that sucks. It's your perception that's now been altered by time. Mm. So, it, it, yeah, it is what it is. It's a stone, set in stone thing, whereas, you know, we can make better adjustments now.
0: Yeah, mm. so all that being said, like, we should probably break down what this movie is. And we talked about the opening and then the... The big fight, shootout, amazing dance scene, the hiding behind, mm. behind tables, the the hot girl gets drawn into this mess. For some reason he's got a little kid who's his chauffeur, and then
2: boxes on his feet driving the car.
0: Classic. Like we're often racing. Mm. This movie moves at a clip. Like Raiders, yeah. I think takes its time. Crusade takes its time. This movie is like we're not gonna let up. Do you find when you're rewatching this, you almost forget, like? that you're re-watching it because it goes so quickly You like you put yeah. it on. Like I've certainly had experience I'm like, I'm just going to check out 10 minutes and suddenly I'm like 50 minutes in and I haven't even realised because it just mm. goes. Do you guys mm. find that when you come back to this film? Yeah, it those
2: ones where I sort of, it, it, all of a sudden you, you're in, by the time you get to Pancot, and then you're in the thing, and then they have that beautiful uh, uh, sort of you know seduction scene where he insults her by saying it's you know it's a scientific um, research. I'll, I'll tell you in the morning, like about you know she <laughs> yeah. said we'll never have better. As soon as that happens, and he gets attacked by the thuggy, the, the rest of it is it, it, it goes at such a pace. And then by the by the time you know he's he's been uh, brainwashed and then brought back, where 20 minutes from the ending, I'm like oh. You know, I feel like it happens too quickly. I don't know. Maybe that's just because I enjoy it so much. What about you, Cable?
1: Yeah, now I agree. It's it's compared to the other two films, they have a lot more maybe exposition to set up, a bit more talking, whereas this one's just like, they kind of show us everything. Like, yeah, there's a little bit, like at the, the dinner scene or the, the you know, I guess the dinner scene, it's a little bit controversial. We obviously have indie Talking to, is it the Prime Minister? And he's sort of, you know, prodding and asking a few questions and kind of sets some stuff up. But overall, there's not too much talking and exposition. It's just all action the whole time, just constantly moving, something's constantly happening. Um, And yeah, you're right. When I was watching the other night, I couldn't believe how quickly it flew by. Um, and again,
2: hour, just... and
1: and the great thing was I was yeah I was never bored like you know sometimes you can even a movie you've seen maybe fifty times you might look at your phone or whatever it was never that it was just like fully immersed in that world and um, yeah it was like oh hang on this is going by so quick and you feel like you're almost go oh hang on no this still got to get to the bridge
2: yeah, and yeah. that and then it's just like oh wow well, you know the, end there, yeah. the,
1: the the one thing my recollection though is the actually the mine cart scene or chase. I couldn't remember that. Like it was still went really fast, but I couldn't remember it actually lasting that long as well. I felt like that was my memory as a kid was, that was quite a brief, brief scene, but it does actually go for a little bit. And then obviously then the water's coming and all that sort of stuff.
2: It's got really intense beats that last Mm, sort of, you know, half of the third act. It kind of mm-hmm. builds up. I just want to go back really yeah. quickly, though, because we talked about, um, you know, the fact that this is set in 1935. Mm. Raiders is set in 1936. Mm-hmm. So within a year, not only did both of these incidents happen to Indiana Jones, which would be reason enough to give up archaeology altogether, but also, what the fuck happened to Short Round? Mm. Like, he's not in Raiders. what Did... Did Indy sell him? Like, what happened? Like, is he? Where's Where's the kid now? You know, and Willie this as well. Like, there's no mention of Willie in the other. One. I mean, they didn't know obviously, but story wise, it's a little complex. There's some. Well, there is
0: there is the the long held uh rumor that in um Temple of the Kingdom of the Aliens who love to come. <laughs> you and...
2: know the name of it. <laughs>
0: kingdom of, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The, uh, allegedly in the original draft, uh, there was a a throwaway line where someone talks about when he and um. Indiana Jones like yeah, last I heard she married a big shot director, as like a little nod, nod, wink, wink to the fact mm. that Kate Capshaw married a big shot director, um, and that was how they explained why she never came back again because okay. she, she went up and got married. But the, I, I, I couldn't find. Any, I don't know if you guys found this. I couldn't find an my reading any time that in uh either Raider. Uh, sorry, in uh, Crusade or Crystal Skull. Anyone ever attempted to explain what the fuck happened to Short Round? No. <laughs> Which no, no. is really weird because he was such a huge character in that movie. And after the movie came out, a beloved character. Like yeah. he was he was someone that people imitated and loved and 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 mimicked. And and other films tried to find like where's our short round? Like you can watch other movies that came out in 86, 87, where there is like a wisecracking kid mm. who's basically there because a the producer was like. Put a funny kid like that Indiana Jones movie in this movie, and the writers are like, oh, "Shit, I guess we got a funny kid sidekick now." And they got to a cram short it in, round, yeah, yeah. Like he was a, a bit of a cultural phenomenon. Like mm. short round was a, a thing. He and... was
2: also your in because as kids, that's like without him, yeah. it's just bleak beyond bleak. You know, he is he's absolutely the only thing that keeps it, you know, light uh, in by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Yeah, mm. but he also he also has stuff to do. That's the thing, and he gets to do the cool things. Like oh, yeah, exactly. it's a bit over the top, but he. Karate kicks one of the, the thuggies and he's doing all that sort of stuff, and then he gets to get the kid or the Maharaja at the end, mm. and so he has his moments So He's not just his kid sitting on the sideline and well, being he has, he has in more to K capture, honestly, like well, yeah,
0: he's, he's more of an
1: he's impact.
0: Bait. yeah, yeah, he's more of an impact in the story than just like the hot blonde chick. It's, it's a, it's, it's a big part of the film, and it is something that. For whatever reason, the Indiana Jones movies have never looked back to. And I think we can pretty safely assume, based on, again, the internet giving away everything, that there is no short round in the, the upcoming film. Uh He's, you know, despite... Perfect time did, to do it, though. Like I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think they might have been finished filming... Before he sort of... Before yeah. it became apparent that he was about to become an Academy Award winner. But I You bet know what, though? Like, I, I bet I, they're I, all seeing their kicking themselves now.
1: I, I kind of... I hear what you're you're both saying. I think it, it was a missed opportunity not to have him in a, another sequel. But I think The Last Crusade, especially when we had the flashback to Indy being young where we had the great River Phoenix play the young yeah. Indy James, we obviously had Sean Connery. That was a big deal. Um, and they obviously brought back some others that were in Raiders to sort of give that feel again. Sala. I, I Yeah, I, I don't think – and even Brody, um yeah. I don't think there was – room for a short round in the third movie, which is fine. Um, And in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, maybe a lot of stuff had happened since then. There's like, well, is there a spot for him? I don't know. We're going to introduce his son that he doesn't know about. Um So it's a bit sad, but then you said, well, maybe uh, sadly he passed away after that adventure or, you know. Oh, jeez, gonna... that's brutal. What are you doing? Wait, <laughs> Short round on here, Christ, I mean, man. It's br- well, it's brutal, but... I, I in nineteen thirty five, if he goes back and he, he meets one of his relatives, Indiana Jones could easily lose track of where he is or we're not talking like they're you know, they're on friends on social media. they you know you lose track you lose track of people. Like it, it's a legitimate thing that could have happened. So yeah, I, it's I sad, just, but I mean I just think if we had have had him it would have been like again, if this new one had him in there or was a throwaway line, it's like, oh, is that now a fan, you know trying to please the fans a bit too much that's yeah you're absolutely right and
2: also that would all play into the thing that we were talking about before um that that uh, you mentioned angus is that the these movies are standalone in a lot of ways um you know they do have parts that rhyme and i know that that marianne comes back in 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 kingdom um but it's just about this is the new adventure and it's it's more of a bond style more of a comic book you know original Mm. comic book idea of Every t- every time Spider-Man does something, he doesn't necessarily tell you the thing that he did last week. Um, so, yeah, you're probably right. It would be leaning a little bit too hard into having a chronology. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and I get that. I get, Like, I appreciate that. And I, I almost am thankful for that now in an era where every film is like, oh, we better listen to Twitter and do this thing that everyone is hoping happens so that Twitter can go, oh, the thing I hoped happened would happen. And
2: change which... Sonic's
0: face. <laughs> I <laughs> mean that was a that was, well, really that was good. good. Yeah. That worked. But yeah. I feel like there was almost like there was a good chance there, probably for I reckon at least a month solidly that the writers' room of Scream Six was like, Can we bring back Stu? Like let's seriously talk about bringing back Stu because everyone really wants mm-hmm. Stu to come back and then the internet would lose their minds. And thankfully they settled on Kirby. But yeah, there is a thing where films today listen to the internet and go, oh, that's all we should do. Instead of being like, Hey, the story would be better served by this. So I am grateful that short round has never come back. Cause it also doesn't sully him. Like we don't have yeah. to find out that he spent nine years on the streets of India as a heroin addict because he <laughs> forgot to take him with him when he fucking <laughs> left <laughs> at the end of temple of zoom. And that's why he's not there in crusade. Like, you know, there's lots of stuff that has to, or
1: he's the manager of a elephant ride, uh, or elephant sanctuary in Thailand somewhere.
0: Or worse, he's like like the manager of a a fucking Starbucks or something. Like his life (laughs) has become so mundane and terrible because Indy was like, I don't know, I was doing something else. He's like, I waited for you and you never, and it's just like, oh, you made Short Round sad. I hate that. sorry i was
2: plowing this woman who was a singer and she was i
0: forgot that there was an orphan child i was responsible for (laughs) (laughs) sorry kid you talked briefly about river phoenix uh in crusades as as uh young indiana jones Mm. and i wanted to ask you guys like because i feel like something that is fully lost to time now as we talk about the trilogy and Except the fact there is a fourth one is there is a fucking TV series of this movie yeah, that yeah. happened that the was at the time and books very yeah. successful mm. that just is not a thing. Like did, was was this a thing for you guys growing up? Do you remember yeah.
1: watching Sean
0: Patrick Flanery?
1: Yeah, well am that. I was going to say good, good memory. Did, um, did
0: you watch I I, I can that happened up... in 2002? Sorry. Did you watch the reboot that happened in 2002? There was a reboot? There's what? a I reboot see. with Sean Patrick Flannery in 2002, which he That's... wouldn't have been that young, but yeah. Yeah, it sounds uh, vaguely familiar. Right? So Two there years is, after Boondock Saints. There's the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles which in 1992. And then there oh, wow, is that early. the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones in 2002. And that mm. I had no idea about. No I knew about the first one. I remember watching it a bit. But is that yeah? Is that something you guys were familiar
1: with? Was the original TV series that like yeah? on or, or the original one in ninety two. Yeah, and which yeah. I suppose I feel like that was more like ninety four. But if you're saying ninety two, I'll take your word. Well, for it went it.
0: for. I mean, in America it was ninety two. Who knows yeah. when we got it in Australia? I yeah, mean, true. It went for. There's only twenty eight episodes, two seasons we got of that one. So mm. that might have delayed it, or maybe the second season there was a huge gap and we got it. It was incredibly reruns.
2: expensive, um, and and uh, that kind of and didn't do the ratings it need to. Some of the, the the CG animation in that, particularly, uh, there's a, an episode where a stained glass window comes to life, like it's like a knight in a stained glass. Window I remember that episode. Yeah, that was the beta test for a lot of stuff that would end up being because Industrial Light and Magic did that. That would end up being the framework for what they would do in you know, Phantom Menace and um, Jurassic Park and a lot of the DNA of that idea um came from that show so it's important cultural touchstone even if it isn't that you know well thought of
1: well is is that even really readily available or is that another thing that disney have kind of just hidden away i can't find, it anywhere. I can't yeah, find
0: okay. it anywhere i think you would have to procure it through alternative means i was going to say you i, really I, I
1: you know going back to what you know similar to what we talk talking about the evil dead 2 with my uh, obsession with dvds and and that sort of technology I do vaguely remember early days DVD. There was definitely a Young Indiana Jones box set at some point, but I'm talking really early 2000s. So. I
0: know you, I could rent it for, on VHS. Yeah. video store as a kid. Beyond that, I couldn't yeah. tell you where or when it was. Which is no sad because, I mean,
1: especially if the new movie's coming out, you want to try and introduce or well, at least have us old fogies go back and watch that stuff. It's there and then introduce people to Indiana Jones and have that extra stuff. I mean I do find it oh, fascinating that's not on streaming services, I don't know.
0: Yeah, in this age where like everything everywhere that ever existed is owned by some company that now has their very own subscription service. And even mm. if Disney doesn't own the series, like and Paramount Plus should. Someone yeah, Paramount. Yeah. Or have they leased you know if they've leased the rights out to HBO or whatever. Like someone somewhere owns the rights to this show mm. and in this era of like people wanting to rewatch everything in their childhood and also with a new movie coming out. Mm. So if anyone listening is like, Oh, you can find it on this or it's on Tubi for some reason, or if you know where it is, like, (laughs) yeah, give us a ring, hit them DMS, let us know because Mm. I like people I'm sure would love to revisit this very weird show. If if only to correct the sense, the, 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 the memory that I had, I'm sure that a lot of people have too, is that for the longest time I was like, yeah. River Phoenix did the series. Oh. He was young Indiana Jones. And I, like, I argued with people pre-internet We're like, he's not in the series. I'm like, yeah, he is. He's young. And like in the movie he is. I'm like, no, no, no. He is young Indiana mm. Jones. Like it's a different guy. Man. And like very, very heated arguments about this
2: he did, like sean patrick flannery is the white bread version of 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 uh river phoenix he doesn't have any of the hippie background or any of the, any of that well it's actually kind of a cult background but it's mm. another story but yeah he, he's a little bit more sort of um well put together uh as a you know a person but I, yeah I, as I you
0: think... would expect between you have two people one called river and one called, <laughs> one called sean sean <laughs> yeah
2: i i think that Probably the um the, the misconception just comes from yeah your your previous with that you know thinking that that was like oh mm. that was the jumping off point River Phoenix wouldn't have wouldn't have been alive when they made it like didn't he die in like ninety two badly
0: no yeah I think he would have passed away right before this mm. happened yeah yep. um well, it, happen? another... if it came out in ninety two they would have been making it presumably mm. ninety one and. He was also like a proper movie star, and this is in the nineties when movie yeah. stars didn't do television. So
2: he just was—he just done *Mosquito Coast* with Harrison, yes. and they were like, mm-hmm. "Who, who do you want to play your son?" And he's like, "River looks like I did when I was younger," and I just do you, do you, ever
1: see *Mosquito Coast*?
2: Yeah, it's, it's yeah. batshit crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm a big Harrison head. Like, I watch anything mm, with him in it. You know, yeah.
0: Ninety
1: three. I, I still remember away. that. I feel like that was. That's a movie that never gets talked about or mentioned ever. Um, but I still remember that being a really big release on VHS or at least in video stores because I remember the poster. I remember all the copies. I remember Dad hiring it and watching it because it was Harrison Ford. So we were allowed to watch anything with Harrison Ford in it pretty much. Um, and, and like you said, I, I, I'm, re- like, I'm really sketchy on all the details of what happens in that movie. But I remember thinking it was a really weird trip. I mean, um, I
0: can tell you the synopsis, uh, which I think sums it up: an inventor spurns city life and moves his family into the jungles of Central America mm, to make a utopia. I mean, uh, that's yeah, okay. That's an insane man fridge. who is. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I was going to say the the fridge and the, or the ice rings a bell. I remember that. Sort of. Jason Alexander's
0: in it. There you go. Oh wow! In what Costanza, <laughs> uh, In the capacity of being fifth built. Okay. Uh, he'd be, and he's in one of
2: the scenes before they moved to the jungle. This is in
0: eighty six. So it's not that it's like one of the probably the last things he did pre Seinfeld. Yeah. Mm. So there you go. You, if you want to see George Costanza in the jungle, I guess. Um yeah, yeah three years later he was George Costanza. There's uh, some
2: flash fiction of that for sure.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. <clears throat> Maybe um, that's where George was pre Seinfeld.
2: yeah, it, it's they've just done a the Apple T V did a reboot of it with um
0: Mr.
1: ghost
2: Yeah, it's like a series though. Who's the Who's yeah, the cat okay. who wrote Iron Man two? Um, he's a an actor. Um, who wrote Iron yeah, Man. he wrote Iron Man two and Tropic Thunder, and uh, he was also the bad guy in Charlie's Angels. Ah, oh, it's gonna drive me nuts.
1: No, Crispin Glover.
2: No, no, no. <laughs> Maybe the second Charlie's Angels. Hang on one second. Um, he was uh, you, you know him. He was he, he had relations with with uh
1: not the guy Batman. that did the Predator that was Shane, in Predator
0: Shane Black.
1: No, yeah, it's not Shane, not Shane Black, Black. No, I okay. Man three. Oh that's I was thinking Shane Black's done an Iron Man as well.
2: When yeah. you when you hear his name.
1: We're gonna oh <laughs> that guy Oh
2: that dickhead, yeah. Hang on, okay, sorry. Justin Thoreau.
1: Mm. Was it Tim?
0: Justin Thoreau?
2: Justin Thoreau, yeah.
0: Didn't wait. So who wrote? Uh, Thoreau wrote the book,
2: though, of *Mosquito Coast*. So is uh, that how- no, 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 no. Justin Thoreau, the actor, yeah, yeah, plays plays the Harrison Ford role in the Apple TV Plus version of *Mosquito Coast*. Is what. I'm but saying. he didn't write
0: the the adaptation.
2: No, if Thoreau was the person who wrote the book, like so the- Paul
0: Thoreau wrote the book. Yeah, but okay. you're not so saying he- just. Paul Thoreau wrote the book that mosquito goes... But, you, but you're not saying Justin Thoreau wrote the adaptation of the new one. You're saying he acted in it.
2: He acted in it. Yeah. No, he wrote right. Iron Man 2 and Tropic Thunder.
0: That's insane that he wrote Iron Man 2. I didn't yep. know that. Yeah. I can't think of a weirder person to write Iron Man. I guess Marvel was figuring some shit out. I mean, Kenneth Branagh directed Thor. Everyone forgets that. Like, things were weird for a while there. Yeah. They didn't know what they were doing. <laughs>
2: Particularly unusual. But I think he'd come off um, you know, working with Downey on um, on Tropic Thunder.
0: Oh. oh yes.
2: I think they brought him in to do that, and he wrote *Rock of Ages* as well. The, the. Oh, um, oh. that's a shame. The, what's his name? Tom Cruise. <laughs> but yeah, so that there's mosquito. That all the way back round to that was *Mosquito Coast* going on there, um, mm. which is a pretty baller film. Like I, I like it, and you're right. Harrison's good in all, at all speeds. *Air Force One*. That that movie is so good. That's nearly what we named our cat
0: you nearly named it Air Force One
2: yeah we were talking about it we went with Paul in the end but it was
0: going to be oh, another World. good movie oh, yeah. that is a fucking fall <laughs> from grace right there it's mm. like we nearly named you after one of the most badass films ever but okay, I guess so- we named you after The Mailman I don't know well no it's Paul Paul, Paul P-A-W-L Paul McCartney uh, yeah, you see what so, so thanks for joining me. us uh, this week everyone uh, we don't need to talk anymore that's the end of the episode because that's the worst thing I've ever heard so we're Isn't that? Um- see you later we're done <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was gonna say it's so funny because there's a movie called Paul about an alien, and there's yep. something to do with which is atrocious. Which, but the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure there's a joke in Family Guy about calling cats like people names, and the joke is that the cat is called Paul. Oh, really? Which, well, I'm I think pretty you're right. sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Adam uh, Adam West, who does Mayor West, he's like. There's oh, a cat yeah. called Paul, and he's like laughing, thinking it's the most ridiculous thing. I just thought it was know.
2: really funny that if we, because we wanted to call one of them something weird, like Air Force One or Karate was another idea. Just call a cat Karate. And Why don't then you just call it them-
0: What Lies Beneath? That's a great Harrison Ford film that no one talks about. It's <laughs> it's great it's, it's,
2: no, there's some sinisterness to it there. I, I, I don't know about that. But um, but yeah, it was. It, I just thought it was funny to have a cat named Paul, and and and, and it is. It's hysterical. What
0: about mm. Meow Skeeto Coast? <laughs> that was right there. You could have done it. <laughs> okay, um, that's
2: the that's the joke of the show. Tick. We're done. Um, well done. You win. Now you're going to
0: rename your fucking cat.
2: Yeah, that's not a bad <laughs> idea actually.
0: Well, speaking Sorry. of names, I did
1: like the little uh, nod to club obi-wan and um yes I think to the does he actually call short round short round Han at one point like that's his actual name I Ooh, it's like a Wuhan sort of mention I could have sworn I I'm like, I'd never picked that up before I, unless I, he's referring to somebody else but he's not mentioned.
2: he's not speaking Cantonese to him is that not what's mm,
1: happening yeah I can't remember I'd have to they go do, back
2: they do have some back and forth like yes you no know, um, like on the bridge and stuff but no I did I didn't notice that because he introduces himself when he and he meets the prime minister he's like you know' is, you know short round, short round like he sort yeah. of you know doesn't have yeah. first and second name so Did yeah, he call someone
1: else um, but I thought oh that's another nod, nod and a wink to Star Wars but uh, it anyway.
2: took me the better part of whatever 30 years or something like that to realize that the chant is actually the guy's name as well Molaram. Molaram, suraram is what they're chanting, but Molaram uh, is the bad guy. Oh, the one oh it
0: took me then 38 years to figure that out because I just found that out right now. Oh, <laughs> so, really? Yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that
2: amazing actor with mm. the painted head, you know, like it has got yeah. that great line at the end where he's like, um, drop them, Mr. Jones, they will be found. You won't. Like just, yeah. just beautiful
0: mm. villain work. It's so yeah. good. Uh, something... Th- I don't know if either of you can confirm or deny this in your own research, but the like when I was researching this film, the most insane, like bit of trivia that I came across that I can't unhear is that in the whipping scene where Harrison Ford is being whipped, like the production played a little prank on him, where Barbara Streisand in a dominatrix suit came out and whipped him, no. telling him Fucking that he was being bullshit. whipped for Hanover Street. But it's like the first time I read it, it was like. Someone's just made that up. But then I read it like four different places and I was like, have the other places just picked up this insane thing and ran with it? And now it's an internet folklore thing or did it actually happen? And I can't find anyone who would justify. Allegedly, it was filmed, but I always presumed like if something like that was filmed by now, it would have popped up on a special features because that is just crazy that that would actually happen and no one would have
1: I have a lot problems. of questions about that if that actually happened <laughs> like so that, I'm, I'm going to sounds... make the assumption that that scene would have been filmed <sighs> crazy. at um Pinewood Studios or wherever they were shooting in London for interiors
2: yeah
1: I guess Barbara Shire had to be there but at what point even if it was a joke She'd be like, hang on, I've got an idea, or someone has an idea. We've got a dominatrix costume just out the back. Yeah. this very scenario.
2: I've got one on in my
1: dressing like, room. If it was Kate Capshaw, I could kind of go, oh, that's definitely more believable, but Barbara Streisand, that's really random. Yeah, it is.
0: And that's why I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm like, I- No, I've never heard that
1: before. I have to presume it's
0: a lie, but also- this is Hollywood in the eighties and like insane shit was happening all the time. It was cocaine. And everyone was friends mm. with everyone and everyone was on cocaine. Everywhere. <laughs> so maybe like Babs did a few rows and like, yeah. I got a great idea. Mm. <laughs> and she just like ripped off her shirt and <laughs> had the dominatory scenario. And was like, let's go to set. And then just showed up and was like, Steven, <laughs> oh, <bam>. mm. <laughs> like this. And Steven was like, this would be fucking great. Let's do it. <laughs> Can and they, I, steven spielberg on cocaine my god that's that's
1: that's that's bizarre um
0: Actually, can that's I infer- allegedly he, allegedly on cocaine yeah. speak speaking of
1: whips um is, <laughs> he, he Indy is getting whipped by his own whip is that correct yeah yeah okay.
0: yeah that was always what i thought yeah, yeah like, same yeah I was, that was the that kind you of
2: you see bit. the thuggy pick it up yeah you know, yeah from where his stuff is that uh, that's that's to, to me, that sounds like a Richard Gigg "gerbil up the bum" story. Like that's not mm. that can't actually be true. The the biggest uh, uh, um, holy shit thing for me is they talk about it in the special features in the original DVD release. Um, during the fight inside of the um, the bedroom, before like where they're sort of both waiting either side. Mm. You know, is he going to come to me? Is she going to come to me? And he gets attacked by the thuggy. Mm. Um, Harrison was supposed to like throw this guy over over his shoulder. And he hurt his back really badly. Yeah. He had to disc. have this amazing experimental papaya extract surgery done on his back. So Spielberg spent, you know, the better part of however long it was, a month or something, shooting with Vic Armstrong, his stunt double. And they did all of the fight at the end with the thuggy e guy on the, on, you know, traversing on the rails yep. thing with the rocks and all that. And then just went back and plugged in all of um, uh, uh, Harrison's close-ups. That to me, as a, as a film producer, that is... Like mind-boggling how they managed to do that because it's mm. seamless. Like I, I mean, you know, yeah. you know where stunt guys are in the '80s, because yep. you can see, yep. it, especially with high res and everything. But to make it to make those reverses back onto Harrison match is it, that is a level of filmmaking prowess mm. that I I don't think I'll ever reach. Yeah, mm. and
0: I think it's underappreciated. It was a bit easier, I think, than a lot of cases because if you look at photos of Vic Armstrong in like 1984 or 1983, like physically he is. Harrison Ford. He they looks have the exact- same. Exactly. And body his body face body is, body is body the same. Like, it really, if you see them side by side, you would be like, mm. and there's anyone who's listening right now who wants to Google, like, just look up a photo of Vic Armstrong and Harrison Ford. Just Google Vic Armstrong, Harrison Ford, 1984, and you'll see black and white photos of them together. And they really could be brothers, if not twins. Mm. And it's, I guess, dumb luck that he had a stunt double who looked that much like him. Mm. So you look at it and go, Oh, yeah, of course, that's easy. But you've, you've hit like the golden point, like, how does Harrison Ford come in months later and mirror what happened perfectly? Because I've never watched that movie and be like, stunt guy. Yeah. Like you that, watch that, it. That punch doesn't match. Or, yeah. And you, you assume know, yeah. like, okay, it's Harrison Ford. He's not going to be doing all of this crazy shit. But there's no point in being like, that's Vic Armstrong. That's Vic. Like mm-hmm. I've watched it knowing that, like post knowing that information be like, Can't like that apart that. from the obvious that, you know, he's getting punched in the fucking head and thrown Mm. off something, and that's probably not Harrison. I can't actually tell you for sure. (laughs) And also, like... It's it's just great filmmaking. It's Steven Spielberg. It's perfect filmmaking.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and the more amazing thing about it is the fact that somehow this uh, uh, horrible... Thing that happened to his back mm. was remedied by something you put in smoothies. Like what the <laughs> fuck? You know what I mean? Like that's that's bizarre. Papaya extract. Like I'm up I'm up for trying anything if it helps you. But shit, mm. that's 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 absolutely Look, as, wild. As
0: someone who regularly gets tattooed, I can tell you the number one thing tattoo artists will tell you these days is to rub like papaya that people put on their lips all over your tattoo. Really? And it heal oh, faster, really? And it does. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Is it just I have a good put, put the anti-inflammatory. Kind of yeah, well, yeah, it's a natural anti-inflammatory that also heals really quickly, and uh, you know I've used every kind of tattoo balm and ointment under the sun, and mm. the first tattoo I was like, "Just put some fucking pawpaw on it," and the healing. <laughs> Did you goes rub from a
2: pawpaw like... like the fruit on your face. Oh, that's yeah. not it. That's not and then I, I
0: hit him up on Instagram like it's it's not doing shit, and he's like, "No, no, no," like the actual extract, dipshit. And i was like, "Oh, sorry, Michael. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but the the healing goes from like two weeks to like three days." Wow, like okay. Just, well that,
2: that makes uh, a bit more sense. Yeah. The other if thing you ever get well a burn
0: is... listeners, rub it on the burn, you'll be good the next morning. It's okay. crazy shit.
2: Papaya is the way to go. And, and talking about him and Vic being in amazing shape together, like Harrison Ford, he was forty two. He was forty one mm. when they shot this. Mm. He is just he is absurd. a knack, man. Like it it's is absurd he was it's that not the old way that people makes. are now. You know, like mm. not your Marvel.
0: That sort of no, like in the way that he looks like he's twenty six. Yeah, yeah, and he looks there's athletic. no way. Like yeah. you look at him, and you're like, you can't be in your forties. That's absurd. Mm. And it also you hear, you like, you yeah, well, of course you fucking hoonied, you're trying to fight, so you idiot you yeah, in your forties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
2: it's just, um, I mean, to be to be an action hero at that time means a different thing than it does now. Yeah, and and he 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 commit, he commit, and he
0: looked great. Crushed, crushed it. Delicious. Delicious, <laughs> lovely, sexy man, just like papaya. Uh, what about the the uh, the alleged rumor that all three of the main characters are named after dogs? Is that apparently short round is named after William Hike, the screenwriter's dog. Uh, Indiana, apparently, uh, famously is is named after George Lucas's dog, and mm. uh, Winnie is allegedly Steven Spielberg's dog. So uh, apparently, that, our no. our three leads, not just Indiana Jones, as we find out in Crusades, but allegedly all three of them uh, are dogs. As humans, uh, if that is true, I kind of love it. Like, yeah, coming up with names is hard. Those are three fucking great character names. Winnie, mm. Short Round, and Indiana. Like, no characters get named like that anymore. If a movie yeah, came out, Indiana Jones is
2: one of the best movie names of all time. It's mm. just so. I mean, maybe there's it's iconic because there's so much previous, but it just sounds so good.
0: Yeah, it's always I've always found it like fascinating as and this is something Cable and I talk about a lot in the show I get real caught up on titles I get real annoyed mm. by series that fuck with titles and they change like mm. oh number three is called part three but number four isn't and then number five is and we just kind of forgot what the it really pisses me off it never juts out to me that this series of films starts out as Raiders of the Lost Ark and then they're like oh no the Indiana Jones is too cool of a name not to put on the posters and from yeah. then on it's Indiana Jones and the whatever yep mm. And, like, there was a brief period where like, they tried to do in years ago, Jones. 15 years ago, and they like, it's Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And everyone was like, fuck off. It's not. <laughs> we're not having it. It doesn't say
2: that on the poster I've got. Yeah. It
0: doesn't. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I get I think... in the fucking bin. We're not doing this. It's yeah. Raiders. Mm. And then. There, yeah, and you're Jones. right.
1: There was definitely a push to actually, I guess, effectively retitle it by, well, it's an Indiana Jones. I feel it like so it was around.
0: Star Wars Prequel Zero when Star Wars mm. switched from being called Star Wars to being called A New Hope, mm. and people were like, "Huh?" I'm like, "Yeah," because Star Wars is the name of all of them. I'm like, no, it isn't. Yeah. Star Wars is the movie. Like, no, it's a New Hope. It's not. And then they and started yeah.
2: giving the like really pushing the numbers hard. Mm. Like, the the, yeah. the, the the first one is the fourth one. You know, like, big one. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's a
1: what? Yeah. I definitely remember feeling it was like online when I was reading, you know, the good old internet back then. But I feel like that may have even. Been the Lucasfilm website really pushing the whole Indiana Jones and the Raiders of Leo, the Raiders of the Lost Ark as the the title, the official title now, and that's a very George Lucas thing anyway to constantly change things all the time. Um,
2: he never seems to settle, does he?
1: No. Though having said that, if he could have done some tweaks on this movie with some certain effects, it would have maybe tidied things up a bit. Because for all the great practical stuff that is done and is really good. Um, there's definitely some bad shots here or there. Um, one that I really fucking hate because it just takes me out of the film a bit is the inflatable uh, raft. Yeah, they're dummies. <laughs> oh, no, but when it, no, but when it comes down, when it hits the snow, there's definitely... Well, okay, let's just say they're dummies, but I still think because it's a real thing happening... You don't pick it, even in, I was watching in, um, I didn't put the 4K on last night, I just put the Blu-ray and it's an amazing transfer. But when you see the stunt doubles in the raft and it's coming down the snow, it looks real. And then you cross a couple of times, we get a couple of shots of a close up of obviously the, the real actors and it's clearly shot with a rear projection It looks fucking terrible. And because it doesn't really match. Similar to what you are saying before, they match up the stunt work of uh, Vic Armstrong and Harrison Ford and it's seamless. Well, these shots aren't seamless. They don't feel like they match to what we're seeing in the real stuff. And it kind of, I I know, I understand the inclination. You want to see the real characters in that position. You want to see their faces. I get it. But it's probably better off just dropping those reproduction shots because they look bad and just continue with the stunt doubles being actually on the ice, you know, flying down the mountain. Um, And then there is a part where it does drop off the cliff. And again, we can tell it's probably a map painting. I'm pretty sure. And then when it gets further down, then it's like, Oh no, that's a real raft floating down and on a river. Yeah. Do you think um, it's
2: maybe not, maybe the problem is because rear projection, you know, has a tendency to, to uh, live in the scene. Quite, quite accurately, especially if you're mm-hmm. in a vehicle or whatever. Yeah. I think it might be early days of sort of blue or green screen that's the problem, and they just hadn't oh. figured that out yet.
1: Yeah, oh, possibly. I, like I don't era, even know. It's... Like, I, I just say reprojection because it does feel. That's little... what you think because of the area, yeah. Era, yeah. Um, but you're right, it could be, uh, yeah, blue, green screen or something like that. I just think, like you said, cars, uh, they can get away with it a little bit because a car is effectively stationary and it's a slow moving. And it's coming towards you there's nothing much not too much movement in the rear projection whereas this this is flashing past tree lines and stuff like that and it just i don't know just for me the colors don't like again when you're watching high def, and maybe that's also the other thing that makes it jump out because the the print is so clean it just feels like it just doesn't match. It's almost like on another planet. Like
3: mm-hmm.
1: it just feels like the colours are a bit different, and the trees and whatever. I don't know. Just anyway, that's what I know. Mean. Yeah, there's a couple of little moments like that, a little bit silly, but
2: there's one at the not- end where he's, there, he's hanging yeah. off the um, a ladder or the bridge, the bridge thing. Yeah, yeah, and you can see the rocks like drop below him, and then you see the little the little black things that are supposed to be the crocodiles <laughs> below yeah. him. And it's yeah, I mean you can. But back then it would have been like, that was the tits. Like that the yeah. people would have loved it back then. We just, maybe we're a little bit too critical of it now. I don't know. But And yeah, high definition doesn't do a lot of these movies any favours. I mean, Star no. Wars is even like that.
0: We hmm. should put an embargo. Like anything made before a certain year. Like we just, we'll Everybody put it on Blu-ray. But we're not fucking going through the process of trying to make it look super crisp because it's going to ruin a lot of stuff. Mm. Just appreciate this film was made before we knew how to do digital technology and knew we'll be living in a digital era. So, yeah. Like, hey, here's a Blu-ray film, but it's an analog fucking film. We've just copy-pasted it. Shot right? on
2: 30... This is sort of Super 35 or whatever. Don't expect <laughs> mm. the world.
0: Yeah. You know, Enjoy it. Enjoy. You can access it now whenever you want, but don't be coming to us asking for 4K on a movie made in 1984. You're not going to want it. You
1: think you do, <laughs> but you don't. <laughs> You're going to be sad. Don't do it. Yeah. I mean, Sadly, I think even this movie, uh, you know, if we're talking about all the movies of that era that probably deserve to be seen on the big screen once or twice. And then maybe VHS is good enough quality, but unfortunately put them, you know, you know, some of these effects are gonna fall apart a little bit when you put them on new whiz bang technology that we have now. Um, I know George has gone back with uh, subsequent releases of his great Star Wars trilogy. A lot of touch ups have happened um, and move with the times, but um, yeah. Oh it is what it is.
2: Superman seventy eight in four K at the Aster mm. a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh wow, yep, yep, That 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 kinda holds up. Like there's there's some work there that's just unparalleled. And I don't know why they don't go back to a variation of that technique, um, mm. of of having him on, you know, either wires or on a board and, and, and doing rear screen or, or doing some sort of mat work. Because it's just there's an authenticity there that you that, that that you lose in the digital space because you get to that uncanny valley and you're just like well that's not real I can tell that that's not even a real person so yeah, yeah it, it depends on the film absolutely
0: something that we haven't uh, talked about in in terms of the impact this film had uh, in the history of cinema <laughs> is the the one two punch that it had with Gremlins and how it is responsible for the creation of the PG thirteen uh, oh, yes, in yes, cinema. In, in, we don't really oh, have yes. it in Australia, but in, in America, you had PG yep. and you had R, and along come Gremlins and and uh, Temple of Doom, both you know, Steven Spielberg attached, mm. and they're too violent to be PG. And they're like, well, then they are, but they're not quite an R rated movie because Spielberg is attached, and he's like, he's the family friendly guy, he managed to negotiate some stuff, and as a result, they're like, okay, we need to create a new category then because this movie is mm. not one or the other, and we understand there can be movies that are not one or the other. So as a result of this movie largely, like partially Gremlins, but mostly this, uh, and Spielberg being like, you're not rating this movie i I'm not letting you. And then you're like, okay, Stephen, we're sorry. Yet, <laughs> we as a you know, in, in America, and in a trick-on effect to Australia, we get a PG-13 rating which changes the way that you, you get to watch movies. Like, particularly for us, in the age group we are, there's a lot of movies that we had access to when we were growing up because of this change to the ratings where like, mm. you know, we had in Australia, uh, what was it, uh, M15. M and then M15. And, you know, so you could check out some M stuff, you know, especially if your video store clerk was cool, you could get a lot of M stuff and, uh, and watch it without a parent being there. And then M15, they mm. like, you're no. 12, I can't do this. I'm going to get in trouble. But M, and in, a, in America it was the same, like you could get a PG 13 movie, but you couldn't get an R movie. So there's a lot of great films that we got to watch in the VHS era as kids because, Steven Spielberg was like, you're not making Temple of Doom art. I'm not letting you. Mm. Uh, I think historically, uh, it it varies a little bit, but I think the widely agreed upon, The Flamingo Kid is the first ever film uh, uh, post-Temple of Doom that was given the PG-13 rating. What in the fuck is that? No one knows. (laughs) No one gives a shit. That's its greatest accolade in the history of cinema is that it was the first film post-Temple of Doom to get PG-13. Yeah, right. But yeah, like it is... It is a film, and that's something we touched on at the start of this, is that this film is full on. There are some great, like, hearts get ripped out. People get whipped. Women get beaten. Children are kidnapped and turned into slaves. There are, like, horrible, horrible, scary things that happen. But it's also pretty cool when you're a kid. Like, it's not that scary. And we don't get that kind of cinema now. Like, Cable and I talk about this sometimes in the show, like, the cinema that we expose our kids to is very different now you know mm. the sonic mm. movie cool like cool movie sonic 2 great movie no complaints yeah, but for... that's what my kids are watching when they go to the cinemas they're not going to watch temple of doom with Mario Brothers.
2: yeah i mean the, the, the equivalent of that nowadays would be what i don't know maybe the lord of the lord of the rings i don't, I don't not know not even like not even because yeah. what are
0: they getting as sequels they're getting marvel movies which are completely sex and bloodless yeah. Um, or they're getting animated films, which are even more sanitised and muted. And <clears neutered. throat> there's no... That, that middle ground of films that are for grown-ups but also acceptable for kids, so we'll market it to kids <clears> and grown-ups at the same time, it's gone, it's washed away. And <clears throat> you get, like, hard-R movies, where it's like, hey, there's going to be lots of swears <gasps> and sex and blood. Chainsaws, mm. yeah. Or you get, like hey, there's lots of fighting and punching and there might be like one kiss between Captain America and a girl and they're going to like kill 500 people but not a single one of them are going to die in front of you or have any blood. So you won't really know.
2: It's just a bunch of buildings falling down.
0: Yeah. Like no one is flat out just shooting a guy in the chest like Indiana Jones does. It's not... It's not apparent that they're dying. All right,
1: can you, well, speaking of ratings, can you remember what this was actually rated in Australia without looking it up? I'm
0: pretty sure it was M, wasn't
1: it's it? 15, yeah. M15, yeah. M15? No. No? Anyway, I don't know. I had a feeling. I was, a I was thinking PG because that's just... I was really sure difficult. it got an M. I, no, but you're right. I just Googled it and it is rated M in Australia, which would yeah. be just... A, oh, I think, yeah, M's fine. It's like our version of PG-13. M...
0: MA15 plus would be... That's right. MA15 was the one that was like up a notch. Where yeah. That just was just couldn't... before
1: you got to like a horror picture, which I, I
2: make the argument this kind of is. Like the scene, which I've just horrific. got it on here, that just happened where they force Indy to drink the... Um, yeah. Uh, the oh, yeah. The Kali and he is being possessed. And I mean, Harrison Ford does pain... Mm. Better than almost anybody. Like, he does anguish better than almost anybody. And that scene, that's the scene that scared me the most. Watching this guy get possessed by something black they poured down his throat that was supposed to be blood. Like, that's, that's some horror shit. From an, a yeah. really
1: bad-looking skull, too.
2: That is like a creepy, the most creepy. decrepit thing mm. in the whole movie. Like, yeah, mm. it's full-on. Absolutely full-on. And still, yeah. like, if I had kids, I, I, I wouldn't show them this. Not until they were. Yeah, well, I've, I've had to
0: have the conversation with... With my wife, I was like, when did we show them like Indiana Jones movies? She's like, not fucking now. My daughter's eight. Like, <laughs> mm. I certainly saw these movies when I was eight. She's like, There's yeah, right they... way we're showing oh, Temple yeah. to <laughs> our eight-year-old. <laughs> yeah. not a chance. It's definitely
2: like, one of the first movies yes. I ever saw. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, this it's... and Jaws and 2001 because they were like wow. you know, tapes that were around. Yeah, 2001. I used to watch just the first bit because I loved the monkeys, and then it all got mm. too cerebral, and I was too young to understand.
0: Yeah, the first time I watched it, I was too young. And when you get to that, particularly that last act, you're like, Am I dying? What's <laughs> happening? I'm eleven. I don't know any of this. <laughs> too Where's Big much. Bird? Yeah, come <laughs> on. Big <laughs> Bird. Um, so I I know that like we we are putting this in like a a context of like today has some issues, and we're also putting it in context of like when we first experienced it. But I feel like as a mu as a movie, as like a creation of cinema that someone made, this film holds up. like yes, the technology in some parts lets it down and it's not that the filmmaking is poor. it's that the- it was trying something that we now can look at and go, green screen, bad green screen. Mm. But I feel like as a movie, this is a fucking good film. It is a well- made, Beautifully directed, beautifully scored, beautifully edited, beautifully photographed movie yeah. with really solid acting, with great propulsive storytelling. Like, I can't think of many sequels from this era that do that thing of nailing what the audiences really truly loved about the first one so hard and giving it to them again in spades. Like, it is. Like we talked about, it's not quite a sequel in the sense that it's kind of following that idea of being a Bond from Like, this is just the next installment in the Indiana Jones stories. And yes, it, te- like, it even technically takes place before the first one, but we don't even care about that. Like, none of it matters. He's the guy, he's got the hat and the bullwhip, off he goes again. Like, can you think of many other sequels, particularly from this era, that just crush what audiences want from a sequel and what makes a good sequel?
2: Of, of this sort of... I'm, I'm going to stick it in the 80s. Just yeah, keep, of course. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say, uh, like I said before, Back to the Future. Yep. Um, I, I still think Back to the Future is the, the, the superior film um, for a lot of reasons. But, other but even than that, that one is
0: like that is a direct continuation of number one. It's almost like yeah. one, two, three are one movie in three chapters.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Like not in terms of its continuity, just in terms of it being a, a, a not maybe not a superior sequel, but at least a, a, a equal to the to the first.
3: No, I mean, um,
2: ex- other than other than outside of like the Bond franchise, I don't think that anybody else have, has really done this where it's just been like no. episodic you know, and uh, not mm. not connected by any sort of thread other than Indy himself um, mm. until you get to the fourth one. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'd say Back to the Future, I can't, maybe, I don't know. Gremlins 2 is pretty stupid, but...
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we love Gremlins 2 here at SeagullSack. Yeah, a I
2: kind of like it. Vegetable face Gremlin, I, 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 I dig yeah. it.
0: just like... You talked about big. You like movies with big swings. I don't even know if there's ever been a bigger swing than like, that, let's make just forty bucked gremlins and go for it. Lightning gremlin, bat gremlin. Can you think um, of anything cable that like that comes in the same like category or the, the same ranking of quality as a sequel from this era? era? That really just crushes. Because I guess that's mm-hmm. the reason I'm asking is like, that's kind of the driving question of this whole podcast is like, yeah. why do sequels exist? What is a good sequel? What does it mean to be a good sequel? What does it take to create a good sequel? And in all the films that we've been talking about in this show over the years, like in trying to, to get to the nitty gritty, we've talked about some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've talked about some great films that are good films, but <laughs> bad sequels. Yeah. We've talked about some films that are good sequels, but bad films. Mm-hmm. This one is kind of like, it's it's just it's to stand alone. This could be the first Indiana Jones movie you ever watch, and it doesn't yeah. matter. You yeah. don't need no. raiders. This could be the only Indiana Jones film you ever watch, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, it's when you line them all up, it's like,
1: wow, this movie. Like was I said, like so I said before, far. like again, I've got my reasons for not watching this movie a hell of a lot, and. um but it's not a fault of the film at all, and you're right. I, I, and me even ranking it three, I, you know, you feel bad. I'm like, oh, it's not that bad, but it's like they're all close together. And I was just looking on IMDb. I haven't gone to Rotten Tomatoes, but if you look at Raiders, it's got an eight point four out of ten. Crusade's got an eight point two. That's pretty good for films like sequels. What do you reckon Temple is? And I, I don't know why I was thinking it could be high, it could be low. Like.
0: I'd say, I would like on IMDb, I'd say it's probably sitting around like a 9.1. That would be my guess.
1: Re- no, you can't. I reckon,
0: I think no, because no. the way that IMDb works, it's just purely based on mm. like how many people are going to bother to rate shit because no one rates shit on IMDb. And okay, well, really then we better it get a Rotten
1: Tomatoes. But it's still a really, really decent 7.5. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. That far below the other two?
1: Well, it's interesting. I'm surprised interesting.
0: it's that high. Yeah, really?
1: well, Yeah, because see, this is where I think going back to what you were talking about right at the start of the podcast, Angus, is my recollections were that a lot of people and the critics really panned this movie for being too dark. Um, Not necessarily fans, and obviously you've got the nostalgia for it and you enjoy rewatching it, and I'm sure many indie fans do, but I'm not too sure. I feel like when I've talked to other Indiana Jones fans, I feel like people are like, oh, I love Temple, but I don't love it as much as I love Raiders or, or Crusade. So, I don't know. Some type, well, yeah, maybe we are. Maybe we're watching it wrong.
3: <laughs> the thing
2: that it has over um, both Crusade and uh, uh, Raiders is it's also a movie in a bottle. Like, it's it's pretty much, apart from the cold open, one location um mm, yep. whereas the other ones are sort of globe trotting adventures i like that i like things that are contained like yeah, you too. know some of the best tv episodes are the ones where it's, it's, episodes, it's in yeah. real time and they don't go anywhere you know like i, mm. I just i feel like
0: the we've gone the op- over budget this season episode <laughs> yeah yeah how can we do
2: this you know this middle mm. uh middle season episode as cheap as humanly possible absolutely but i just i just it gives you a time to and you were right cable before when you said there's not a lot of setup here it's they end up at the at the um, uh, village. The stone's been stolen. It has mystical properties. He thinks it's fortune and glory. They go to Pancot, you know, f- f- talk <laughs> about the cult, you know, the r- rising up of the cult and then discover that it's still going on. And all that happens within the first 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the movie's only what? Like, it's... To it's uh, it's hour 58. Or something? Yeah, uh, 120 or whatever. Yeah. Like, you're really into it. And uh, that it's benefited by the fact that you don't have very far to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it sings. It really does. Like you put this movie on, and you don't, you don't like get up and go and do something else. You don't. Like, I do nothing watch
2: when this is on. It's a special. Yeah. This I'm yeah. I'm, I'm doing doom. Down. Doing Temple of Doom. Like gotta be gotta be paying attention.
0: Yeah, like Raiders. There's parts of Raiders where like, all right, I'm gonna like go and get a snack now and like put the visuals <laughs> on because I, I I know it's coming and I I know it's happening. I don't need to see it. But this is like, oh, I'm just gonna watch this bit, and then I say that and I'm like. Oh, it's credits. Like it yeah, just yeah, it yeah. goes. It doesn't let mm. you out of its grasp. It's it's true. It, it is stuff. funny
1: the way we talk. We say that sort of stuff. Like oh yeah, I can just quickly just duck out and I'll grab a drink or whatever and let it run. And it's like we do have pause buttons. <laughs> like it is funny. It's like yeah, I, I do the same thing. I leave it on in the background and then walk back in and I'm like oh, I just miss a good bit. Like, why do not I just pause it? Like it's my like,
2: house is open plan, so I can go anywhere. I can still hear it going on. So Yeah, it's, it's, it's very. It's I crazy. also think
0: yeah. like when you're hitting like watch 60 70 80 of a film you're like i i don't i don't need to spend two hours of my day watching like if i pause it it's gonna become three hours it's gonna be because i'm gonna pause it every like I just let it go just let it go.
2: i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna give myself away really quickly here like you're talking about you know i know it so well i could i could play it in my head i often do that when i'm swimming uh like for for exercise so you know in 30 laps it takes you know 30 minutes or whatever I, I can play the start of this movie, or I can play uh, Jaws or Chasing Amy for some reason. I remember all mm. that, but, you know, and, and that's that's how well I know it. That's how strong my relationship is with it. That as a 40 mm. year old man, I can remember it scene for scene, word for word. Yeah.
3: It's... Yeah. He's Doctor Jones.
2: Hold on to yeah. your potatoes. Like that's, mm. I'm not going to do the accent. Uh, it's beautiful. And just watch it just then. The scene where Indy's like, he gets, you know, back to himself. They have that beautiful hug. And she's like, he puts the hat on. And Willie says, let's get out of here. And he goes, yeah, all of us. And it cuts to him, like, under the thing. And there's all the kids around him. Yeah. He's standing there in silhouette. And they push a mine cart that's got a light on the front of it up to him. And all of a sudden, his, his, the light comes up on his face. Like, just... Just craft that you don't see anymore yeah. of like, okay, where what is what is that light motivated by? It's motivated by these kids moving the trolley car. And I guess also we Unbeatable.
0: don't get essentially what I and mean, when you boil it down, what this is is this is a dumb action movie. Like it's just a movie that's there purely for entertainment. It is action set piece, action set piece, action set piece credits. Like it's not there to be any grand, you know, emotionally driving film. It's not worried about awards or status. It's just like, let's have fun. i not making a statement. Yeah. The movies that we get that are that this these days are uh, superhero films or Fast and the Furious films or Transformers films. And to make those films takes a tremendous talent and an undisputable talent to pull off a film that creates all these characters and this these effects <clears throat> that do not exist. To, to turn a truck into a robot that they gets into a punch-on with a plane that turned into a robot and make it look real. <laughs> like... People so quickly forget that or to make it look like uh, Robert Downey Jr. is actually flying through the sky in a suit made of metal is really genius. But those filmmakers are not Steven Spielberg. They are not all time. One of the great Mm -hmm. artists, one of the great pure cinema filmmakers of all time who will go down as being someone who had an unfathomable level of skill and talent and know-how and heart and imagination they're not the ones behind the camera and that's what this is it's it's, a dumb action movie with a guy with a bullwhip made by one of the greatest artistic people of all time Mm. and so as a result you're like you get those moments you get that moment with the the cart and you're like oh wow perfect
2: sense yeah
0: so many people would not have thought of that in that many people like can we get a joke in can we get a such a great reveal explosion in like no, he's like, no, this is what we're putting in this moment. This is what I'm going to use in this shot is that moment.
2: And no one, no one, like whatever you think of Spielberg, he, he's he's my favorite, but, and I'm not saying he makes, he's the best filmmaker of all time or he makes better films than other people, or even that I like all of his films more than I like other directors' films. Like I like, you know, Fincher and Spielberg and Greta Gerwig and like heaps of different filmmakers, but Spielberg's language, his cinematic language is, is his own mm. and that's one thing that's been kind of lost we were talking about it on on, on yep. my show the other day that that say what you will about you know spielberg or, or we were talking about zack snyder but they have a definitive vision like nobody moves mm. the camera like spielberg nobody and nobody does a wanna like spielberg nobody uses lens choice like he's like between 35 and and, and 27 is where he's at you know that's that's yep. his that's his range mm. and it's just you turn on the radio and Metallica's playing and you haven't heard that song before you know it's Metallica because that's that's what they sound like mm-hmm. you turn on a Steven Spielberg film and, and you haven't seen it before you go oh this is Steven Spielberg because it has a, it has a dolly in and a reveal or yeah. A, or yeah like a, a huge one on a 27mm or something any of those And and as you said, I'm not taking away from the the, the, um, uh, level of prowess it takes to make those films. Any of those big franchise films are made by committee and there's no DNA there. There's no no real um, uh, uh, craft, like I was saying. No. And, and and that's that's mm. it's a shame because we're starting yeah. to we're starting to age out of all these dudes, like mm. these guys aren't gonna be making films much longer and yeah. we have a generation of kids who have no voice.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy, you know, when I think about it, and I know we're sort of deviating a little bit from this film, but you know, going back to uh, university and studying film and you know, one of the big things they teach you is the auteur theory and, and having people like you said, whether it's Hitchcock or Spielberg, they have a type Scorsese, like there's things about their films like you said perfectly summed it up you know you could flick it on and you can almost without knowing what the film was watch, you know two or three minutes ago oh this is a Spielberg film or this is a Scorsese film and that's dying out mm, like so you said it's it's mass produced stuff now that unfortunately I think has been you know like a lot of these new young directors who are, are creating their own thing but then it's a copy upon a copy of a copy and homage on a homage of a homage. And it's like, yeah, it's just all the same shit now. And like you said, the interesting thing you just said was committee. And I do feel like for directors now, I don't know how they do it now, where they can have their own voice, especially if they're doing a big budget And, and Angus, you just reeled off some of the franchises, you know, we're getting fast X, or Fast 10, whatever you want to call it. Um, we're getting another Transformers movie. We're getting, you know, we have Marvel movies ad nauseum. Uh, there's Star Wars stuff in the works, if or not, if it's a TV show from Star Wars. And, and you yeah, know, we're getting another indie movie. I just think it's big corporations now making a lot of decisions, and I, I don't know how much say the directors have anymore. So,
0: Well, I think one of the, the few examples I can think of is over your right shoulder, and it's Matt Reeves with his Planet of the Apes trilogy he did. hmm Like that was a big budget franchise that was reigniting a long dormant franchise by a a largely untested director Mm. who came in and was like, no, I'm going to make this and you watch it and you Mm. can see throughout the three films as he gets more confident and also given more leeway, like, Oh, this feels like a specific director. And you can even Mm. see it when you watch the Batman, you're like, Oh, I can see things that makes this a Matt Reeves film. And he's working in two huge franchises where it's like there must be so many people over his shoulder being like what are you doing you can't do that do it like this and yet somehow and that would be so hard and i would love to see you know it, it sounds like he's gonna make another batman movie i hope he does and i'd love to see what he does when they're like oh no like we trust you now we're gonna let you go and how he can flourish but outside of that I can't think of anyone who's working in this huge budget. Because, mm. I mean, if you're in this kind of budget these days, you're in a franchise. That's it. That's mm. all it gets made. the only it's, way it happens now. It's IP. Yeah. Yep. No one's coming out with a brand new Indiana Jones movie that isn't, you know, part five, six, seven. Like, you're not getting this kind of movie that's a part one. It's tied in. It's got to be a part of something.
2: That's such a good way to put it, actually. <laughs> There's no... There's nothing, well, it, nothing begins anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, even, yeah. Well, even Jason Reitman obviously did um, Ghostbusters. Why am, I, oh, why am I blanking? This After is life. terrible.
2: Afterlife. Afterlife. Yeah.
1: And it was a good homage to his dad's work and that franchise. But that was not a Jason Reitman film. Like if you watch any of his other films, they're, they're a certain type of film and this was not it. And I'm sure he went outside of his normal sphere of, of working to do this film and to pay homage but again that still would have been a lot of the times it would have been a group decision in a lot of regards like it's yeah anyway it's definitely a, well, uh, people, of... people like
2: people like you said Angus looking over the shoulder i make the argument that a lot of the 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 um the specific touch on the batman is um uh, 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 the the cinematographer um, oh, what's his name? I know who you're talking about. Greg Davis. That's the one. And uh, he was an Australian guy. I think he was. I think he was lived. Used to live in Bayswater. Um, oh wow, which is which is crazy. Uh, I might be wrong about that. I, I I thought I heard him say that. on interview. Sounds TV. like a good story though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from Bayswater to Batman. Like, that's pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, but I, I, he, he definitely does have a a, a specific voice um and and and, you know jason reitman thank you for smoking such such a great film um you know juno's pretty great as well but yeah there's the pressure must be enormous to to have this to because everybody wants it so much so we did a story on the show the other day in our nerd news segment where um uh, amazon now has the rights to uh uh um RoboCop and Legally Blonde Mm. and uh, you know all this all this IP and they're doing yeah we're doing movies and we're doing TV and blah 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 none of it's original there's no and and when I see an original didn't they pay a fortune for Bond as
0: well like they wanted the Bond series so Amazon owns the Bond series now as well is that right okay yeah like they just they're going all in on IP uh, yeah and and I don't
2: think you get you get these things like um everything everywhere all at once you know is, Mm. is 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 an original piece of material. Um, you know, it does very well, but it's it doesn't do Marvel very well. It doesn't do Fast X very well. It's not making a billion dollars at the box office. I, I mm-hmm. it, It's going to get to a point where this whole thing, it's going to be just, it's it's Aurora Boris. It's just going to keep eating itself over and over. Yeah. And
0: I think the next thing that the Daniels are doing is one of the, like the Universal Horror Movies reboots. So they're, they're straight oh, away like, yeah, it's oh, okay. like you guys made this incredible, unique, original piece of independent cinema that took the world by storm. So come here and get in the machine. Get in yeah. there. Yeah. Like, same thing they did with Chloe Zhao. It's like, oh, wow. Like, Nomad Land really touched people and, and came out of nowhere and crushed everyone. So go make a fucking Marvel movie. Get in there. You do that now. And Colin Trevorrow, with, you know, you made uh frequently asked question about was time travel. Was it this? Uh, oh, no. Uh, that was the other one. He made um Safety not, guaranteed. Safety not Guaranteed. And they're like, you're great. Go make a fucking Jurassic World movie. Like, If you are being given the budget and you're someone who has a creative vision, the budget is go make part four, part five, part six of this thing that's been around forever. And but also make it within this very specific parameters that we're giving you because we've already sold the franchise rights to this toy company and it has to have XYZ. And also, you you cannot finish the story because we have to make three of them at least. Yeah, but and we have to have another director
2: shoot four things that come after the credits or whatever. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? exactly.
0: And we and we've got to like you know leave it open. We've got to deal with Netflix, where they've got first look at a, a TV series that is an animated kids version of what you're doing. So it can't be too grown up because it's got to you know tangentially connect. And yep. it's just this this ongoing thing. And I I honestly get it. Like making movies is expensive. And there's no guarantees, particularly these days. So you gotta try and like stay afloat. At the end of the day, it's a business. But yeah. it is when you look back, and I know people love to like joke a bit about, you know, people who are film nerds being like, the 80s was the greatest ever. I just wanna sit around and watch my 80s VHS tapes because that's when everything was great. And it's like, yeah, that is a bit of a, a parody, but also there's a lot of truth in it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can pull out umpteen number of movies from the 80s that are not franchises that have never gone on to have this huge reputation or have, have never gone on to become these incredible things that are massively beloved by a huge community of people like yes they're great and then we have something science. like indiana jones yeah we mm. have indiana jones which is both it's like it's this thing that is beloved by this group of people who grew up like loving it and also has elevated to be this franchise now which yeah. is a it's, it, it still feels weird to call Indiana Jones a franchise. But I guess when you're up to part five, what else do you call it? That's what it part is, five yeah. and there's two TV series and I'm sure there's comic books. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. books. Yeah, yeah. there's heaps of Upting, books. Yeah. You know, toys and teach t- t- Like it, it is a, it's, it's a beast. It's its own empire. It's
2: video games and shit. Do, yeah. do you think that the idea forward um, is recasting him and doing and recasting him younger mm-hmm. and just going back to, you know, the, the early 1900s or 1920s when he was... When he was in his twenties and and start doing some early adventures, because that's like I'm I love Harrison and and I've never seen anyone else do this apart from Sean Plackett Plackett family, Plac- um, but <laughs> I, I I reckon you know don't do Chris Pratt like they said every you know they make that joke oh, that would happen. Find someone, find a new face or whatever, someone who's got the same charism- uh, charismatic nature that that Harrison has, and you know looks good in a ripped shirt, and just make. Make some adventures. Do a Bond thing. Like, it doesn't need to be him all the time. I don't know why we were so married to that, you know?
0: But, what well, you say that, but we've just <clears throat> done it. We just did it with Solo, and we saw firsthand that there is the magic missing. When you yeah. take okay. yeah, a character great. that is it is intrinsically Harrison Ford. Yeah. And you get yeah. someone who who has the swagger a bit and has kind of the charm a bit. Well, and then can you see a bit like, yeah, it's kind of like a young Harrison. And then you put them in that character and you put them in a standalone adventure and you go, it's just not quite right. Can you yes. deep
1: fake Harrison Ford for a young indie? Because I feel like that's... <laughs> that. Well... Half of what this new movie is going to be. No, but they've definitely... Well, I was going to say, the new is definitely de-aged him at some point. Um, have, have
0: you seen him in interviews? Like he's an old man now.
1: Yeah. Um I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree. I think you just recast, but, but you're right. Uh, Angus. I, I said you let like, it die. Solo. Yeah. I well, be, about done, to... be
0: done and mm. take that enthusiasm and that excitement for this character and find a new story and find and do it with everything you've got and do it right. And, you know, do all the things that they love to do with movies like from the minds that brought you Indiana Jones or from the director or from the writer or from the producers of Indiana Jones and have Harrison Ford executive producer or have Harrison Ford play a, a cameo in it and be like, it's not Indiana Jones. It's a new adventure with a totally new story, but we're going to make you feel like it's Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. And <sighs> it's, and I, I think that, I mean, the, the end of the day, the problem is we're getting movies that have to be made. Without a story that needs to be told, and that's what yeah, so much of cinema no, there's
2: is. There's no days. urgency, or yeah, yeah. we yeah. gotta
0: make Indiana Jones 5 because we gotta find a way to like get people to come and watch a movie in August. What are we uh... gonna show them in August? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What have we done? Well, we've done all the we can't do any more Jurassic Worlds. Okay, cool, that's good. What are we gonna do? Well, probably Tom Cruise isn't gonna do another Top Gun anytime soon. Okay, what are we gonna do? is like, hey, Harrison Ford's still alive. What do we think about another is Indiana he? Jones? <laughs> yeah,
2: I like, like the conversations going. Really, we can we check? Can someone check on that, please? Yeah, Harrison like no home? one is
0: is rocking up me like I've had the greatest idea for the greatest story ever. It's it's an it's an Indiana Jones movie, but honestly, this movie is one of the greatest stories. And people go, "Fuck, we got to make this." No, it's completely reversed. They're like Harrison's alive; he's probably got like four years left. We can physically do this. People still love these movies. Let's let's make an Indiana Jones movie. What's it going to be about? I don't care. Make an Indiana Jones movie, yeah. And inf- and yeah, it's
2: and put Fleabag in it, and 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 mm. it is, and James Mangold directed it because he mm. he made the shit out of Logan and Ford versus Ferrari. So. Well,
0: that is the one thing that we haven't spoken about in, and I know we're not talking about the new one totally, but we we do have to acknowledge we just had a big conversation about how brilliant this film is because you have such an auteur behind the camera, making something that elevates it beyond standard franchise fare. And here we are in 2023 with the new one coming out with no Steven Spielberg behind the lens. We have someone who, yes, great, but who also one of the greatest things that they have done in their filmography is to come on board with the third of a character story that was the spin off of umpteen movies featuring, which is Logan, where you're like, this is a great way to tell a story about this character. Yeah. But you're also telling a story about a character that kind of just needs another movie and... Thankfully, they got given some leeway. Like Logan, always feels like this absurd moment now. Looking mm. back, like how the fuck did they get away with making Logan? <laughs> that, that just doesn't it's make even sense.
2: absurd. In, in 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 when you watch that movie and you see how violent it is in comparison, and you you there's so much swearing in it. it's it's an oddity. It's almost like a a, a, a multiversal thing. Like it doesn't seem yeah. like it belongs with any of those other films in yeah, any way. Like how all.
0: do you allow a writer director star? combo to come on board and be like it's going to be uh, it's going to be blood, it's going to be swearing and we're killing the character Yeah, and mm. this is the end like how does the studio go like it doesn't happen anymore it took 10 years and how many films before the studio would let Iron Man die and even now people are like he's not really dead because they figured out time travel so they'll bring yeah. it back whenever they want and obviously I mean more for me because hey we getting Deadpool three pretty soon, and guess he's alive and well in Deadpool three.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, we, you're, you're absolutely right. I think it's probably that the situation went like this: Hugh Jackman was like, "I want to finish it." They were like, "What do you want to do?" He literally unzipped his pants and put a huge <laughs> Wolverine cock on the table and went, "I'll do whatever I want. I'll see you later." <laughs> Just walked out. You know, it is a Thanks, great mate. example of
0: a star like coming in at the peak of their powers and being like, "You will let me do this," and like, oh, "Yeah." Well. It, it's was like what, Warren it's it was what he wanted to do the like, whole time. I, I want to just, do whatever hmm. I want. I want to make reds, and they're like, "Yeah, all right, cool, go for it. You do you, man." Yeah, like no one's killing anyone these days. Mm. It's um, it's wild because
2: it ends things. We don't like ends anymore. Yeah, no more. you know, Can't like the, the terms of something, the beginning of an end is very important. Like, in, like as a universal concept, but there's no ends. Nothing ever ends anymore. Not only is there no-, no
0: end, like a movie has to have like. <laughs> I noticed this other day for the, and I, I had realized it, but it struck me as so absurd the other day where movies don't have post-credit scenes anymore. Movies have mid-credit scenes yeah. and then a post-credit. post-credit like we have yeah, to have yeah. two the scenes that come after the movie now just to like really sell to people like, we're not done. Here's hmm. something that we didn't do in the movie because we need to save it for the next movie. So it's not finished. And then you're like, oh, okay, so they're making another one. And then like 10 minutes later after you find out who the best boy grip was, you're like, (laughs) and also, that guy's not dead. Got you, bye. You're like, wait, so that movie was nothing?
2: Yeah, yeah. So
0: the hero's story isn't over, the villain isn't dead, and the goal wasn't achieved, and all of that was revealed in between the fucking catering and the RSPCA approved logo, <laughs> what the and fuck that they just shot happened? something
2: in Queensland. They always shoot something in Queensland. Yeah. and Georgia, and Georgia <laughs> as well. Yeah, <laughs> everyone thinks Atlanta. Every Made time. in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's if you the, want it's to have a complete throwing story, throwing a ball for the next movie to you've you've catch. A, thing like you got to run
0: time. as soon as like it, the, the screen fades to black. It's like, I got to get the fuck out of this cinema before you tell me this movie didn't mean anything and isn't over because yeah. I can't take the heartbreak again.
2: I think <laughs> they had the the system where. You know the beginning where Marvel started doing that with their first films. You know the, the first one in Iron Man was kind of a in gag, and yeah, then they fun. started doing it. But they were already either shooting or had shot the movies they were teasing. Now it's just like, um, what are we going to do in seven years? Uh, sure, chuck that in there. Kind of it doesn't. There's no. There's no connection to anything anymore. I, I I don't know. It seems a bit fruitless. I don't really wait for them anymore. I'm just like, oh, someone will tell me what happened.
0: Yeah, the internet immediately. You can I'm on your way life, out of the, the cinema to do. your car. You can Google post credit scene Avengers Nine, and they'll be like, "Here's what happens at three minutes into the credits, and here's what happens at seven minutes into the credits." Yeah, go, okay. absolutely. Turns out I didn't need to sit around for that.
2: We have
1: wandered off the path. From we, <laughs> we have, I think <laughs> we <laughs> need. We probably need <laughs> to get back on that path. Yeah, oh, back. Wind it up, get yeah, back let's to Bank of Temple of Doom. But it,
0: look, you know, the the one thing I will say for us in getting off the path is. This movie leads us on a lot of paths. It's a big touchstone. Like all roads lead to indie. you know, you can trace a lot of stuff that we love today back to this. And you can also trace a lot of things that we, we we watch and we wonder like, why isn't this as good as it should be? And you go back to these movies and you're like, because a proper brilliant filmmaker wasn't telling a story they desperately wanted to tell in a fun way and wrapping it up at the end and having no intention of ever making another one. Mm. That's this is a great. I know there are other movies since Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom that do it, but this is one of the ones that really like does it and mm. does it
1: really, really well. Unless it's not, it can be done. Yeah, I think you know as we sort of wind this up. My memory also of the time, and I don't know if this is in one of the documentaries on the DVD set or whatever. I think of my memory is that the critics absolutely slammed this film to the point where it really got George and uh, Spielberg down. And that's why we didn't get any film for a couple of years as well. It's kind of like, oh, people didn't like this film.
3: Mm. It's
1: too full on. It Is wasn't it... what they wanted.
2: What's the gap between this and... and- well, 84 and
1: 89.
2: Yeah, so that's fairly significant oh, yeah, considering yeah. only a couple of years in the other one. Yeah, and I mean,
1: having said that, Harrison Ford had absolutely hit his straps and would have had plenty of work on his plate, uh, plenty of offers. But uh, I don't know. Day. I don't know. Maybe that's just something that's I've just made up in my head. But I, I feel like I, I, heard them talk about it in a documentary or something that when yeah, I was hit released and it didn't critics didn't super love it and thought it was a bit too dark. It was,
2: I think Spielberg, Spielberg was really very sorry. Spielberg didn't even really like the script. He was like, he thought it was really dark, like this kind of black magic. Yeah, thing well,
1: and, yeah well, I feel yeah. like that's probably yeah, it too. Like maybe he wasn't super, you know. Obviously, I'm sure he loved his finished product to a point, but um, maybe um, yeah, he didn't super love the project. I don't know, but
2: he he met his wife on there, like that's yeah, be, he, and let's let's we haven't mentioned Kate Capshaw. She gets a lot of shit in this movie because. Mm. She's she's a Bond girl. She's here and then she's gone. Her career didn't blow up after this. She just kind of became the director's wife. But and 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 she screams a lot and she's mm. kind of oh, I cracked a nail seventy one times. That's all the times. script. That's she all screams seventy one times in this movie. Exactly. That's all the script. She, mm. Her performance in this is she's is great. like comedically fantastic. Mm. Like she is on point. She 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 knows all of the beats. Um she is the she is the comic relief. You know, she's the foil. Um she's the 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 Costello to the abbot, you know. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 such a beautiful, nuanced comedic performance and people just remember the screaming.
0: And you really shouldn't. Like she's she's mm-hmm. a much better actor than she's given credit for. I always loved her in this movie. I yeah. Yeah. never understood why people give her or this movie a hard time. I think she's fantastic. Straight up babe time. too. Like just, yeah, yeah absolute yeah. babe. Peak peak, babeness in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's much left to say about this film that hasn't love been it. said. It's, we love it. It's, <clears> I, I I, know we're all kind of slightly different on it. For me, this is the pinnacle of what an Indiana Jones film can be. And I know that there's a lot of argument against that and people say, no, it's Raiders, right, this is Crusade. But I, I can't think of anything in any other movies that makes me want to reach for them over this movie. You know, if I just mm-hmm. feel like an Indiana Jones film, this is the one yeah. every time without question, I want to watch Temple of Doom. It's the most fun. It's the most exciting. It's the most, it's the funniest. It's yes, it's dark, but it is dark in a way that is really warranted by the story. I think mm. like it, it would be disingenuous to try and do this film in a wackier way, um, which sounds odd when like, the first and the third one have a lot of Nazis in them. And I'm like, mm. yeah, this one's dark, but for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all about pretty dark subject matter. But yeah, I think this is like the apex of, of Indiana yeah. Transforms for me.
1: I mean, I, I have to agree. Like, it's, I think you can't really have one without the other. You know, yes we can say it's dark or, you know, the perception is it's dark, but it doesn't work as much in going on this mission effectively to get this stone because all the kids, like if the kids hadn't been kidnapped, it doesn't have that to it. And then like even the the relationship with short round and him being able to say, Oh, imagine, you know, a hundred short rounds being taken away from their families and you know, like all those character moments had built up. It just doesn't have the payoff of a film. It doesn't have, like I said, it just doesn't. I, I I think it doesn't work if you have it if it's just a couple of adults that have been taken or kidnapped or disappeared or what have you. Like, why would he give a fuck? Like, it's it kind of has to be the kids. It has to be this village that's just dying and decaying because it's the rock has been stolen and the kids have been stolen. I I don't understand. I'm not sure how you would write it any other perfect way that would make yeah. sense.
2: And it's his his um reaction to it as well as when he's translating and telling uh willie the story and then he turns around and repeats the line she says what and he goes the children they took all of their children and it's just that's I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a parent or not a parent or what relationship you have with with you know children or younger people you can't not know that that means something and you're totally right like i've never thought that before without short round the motivation for him to to Mm. really go after this fortune and glory be damned is so much Mm. less if it's just him and willie so yeah it's 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 firing on all cylinders it Mm. nearly reaches critical mass uh, in, in in because of the, some of the the, the themes and, and and you know how dark it gets. But you're right, Angus. When I want to watch an Indiana Jones film, it, it's it's do my reach for. It's just such a huge swing, um, and and I I just and I'd love Raiders. Like I said, I've got a, a poster of it up just on there. But there's there's some something sanitized about those two pictures, um, and and feels like this nothing has ever been done like this before or since no mm. there's plenty of Raiders impersonators and there's plenty mm. of Raiders movies before that like you know the the, the adventure pictures of the 1950s mm.
0: there's
2: there's nothing like temple of doom the, the outside of a horror picture there's nothing mm. like this and I, I I appreciate the originality more than anything else
0: yeah and now uh, we get to wait with bated breath as uh, as audience members to see are we are we going back back to that realm of wonder uh, Mm. um dial up that destiny when we yeah when we get the dial sounds like a time machine to me but anyway it really it's it must be it's my least favorite title of the five so far let's see if it grows on me but i think um, it's
2: the i think it's the um the 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 two d's it kind of Mm. it's like what are we doing here that's a bit maybe maybe you're right cable maybe it is a time machine and he's not de-aged they're going back in time
0: and then they've Mm. yeah and then they recast someone to carry on the stories and and then the sixth Indiana Jones movie will be Raiders of the Lost Ark again, but with Indiana Jones knowing he's gone back in time and trying to do it differently. Got it. And they up. remake Temple of Doom. <laughs> but <laughs> for now, we know we have. <laughs> but at it doesn't least do very well. one near perfect Indiana Jones film out of four. When you've got three that are pretty freaking good as well, mm-hmm. so um, I think I think I think we did it. I think I think.
1: Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're all pretty much pretty high on Temple of Doom. I've come around definitely in the last couple of years. And I agree. I think it's the one that's easiest to put on when you just want to switch your brain off and just be bang, 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 something happening. You want to sit down and really go back to, you, you know. You want to, know you want to about... think about your dad? You want to think about
2: your relationship with your dad? You put on a crusade. You <laughs> yeah.
1: know what yeah. I mean? That's true. I yeah. mean, the, the, I guess my thing overall, not knowing Indian culture and like you talked about, that there might be some issues with how they addressed using some of the mythology of Indian culture and how they applied that to this movie.
3: Yeah.
1: Me not knowing that sort of stuff, I... I that's maybe where I struggle to gravitate toward. whereas the arc of the convent and um, uh, the Holy Grail, Grail yeah. is very well known to me and the mythos behind that. And just those ideas of that pursuit of that sort of fortune and glory isn't lost on me. So for me, that's probably where I, I find there's, I have more in, more in common is probably not the right word, but I have a better understanding of that pursuit and that's where i can kind of get on board with those two stories a little bit more than temple of doom but um overall i think also you...
2: where you grew up yeah. like him your yeah. understanding of judeo-christian iconography yes. than you would you know kali or or mm-hmm. you know any 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 of those sort of um uh, eastern deities yeah it's totally
0: understandable and look i think what we we have figured out uh beyond a shadow of doubt is when you're looking at uh, at classic swashbuckling adventures mm-hmm. Not all sequels suck.
1: True. And I'll leave you on another little funny thing that you mentioned, uh, Planet of the Apes, before. Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes had a very interesting place and chant. Do you know this, Regan? Are you, do you know what I'm going to talk about?
2: <laughs> Not really, yeah. but I just, no, just remember that and remembering that Marky Mark's in it.
1: Yeah, but um, <laughs> their, their special place in Planet of the Apes, it's sort of the forbidden zone of that film, is Kalima as well. Is that right? <laughs> yes. That is correct. It must, like. And I don't know if that's a direct reference or they're playing on the whole, the like I said, the Indian um, Hindu tradition, uh, cultural, whatever. I don't know if it's a play on that or it's a play on Temple of Doom. I've got no idea, but it's referred to as Kalima as well.
2: Well, you've obviously watched that movie recently. You all right? You want to talk no, about
1: No, no. I just remember I always just, yeah, it's one of those things. I'm like, is that a like, throwback to Temple of Doom? Because I, I always took it as that. But, yeah.
2: Uh, I mean, hmm. Tim Burton's got to have seen the Indiana Jones pictures. This one's his favorite. This one's his. Tim Burton <laughs> fucking loves Temple of Doom. I'll tell yes. you that much. <laughs>
0: Number
1: one. Number one fan. Well, like Gus said, I think we can agree not all sequels suck. By definition alone, they're of